for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of wrestling with your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, focusing on the WWE Universe. Tonight, we cover the week of August the 7th to August the 11th, where we take a look at the big three. That's Monday Night Raw, NXT, and Friday Night Smackdown. And in that very particular order as well, listener. Now, all that's left to say is Shabalabadoo! It's time to start the wrestling show. So, if you will please sing that wonderful song and let's go! Ana one, Ana two. Ana one, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling like he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. Wellbow, <clears throat> Wellbow, welcome to Allo Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Representing the WWE and Alive from the Target Center in, uh, I can say it's uh, from the Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's Monday Night Raw. That's right. Um, now, of course, uh, this episode is air dated August the 7th, 2023, and it's also the, uh, I guess you can say, the aftermath of SummerSlam. So, uh, now before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors, the non-combatants, so to speak. Now, first and foremost, representing the authority figure, he is, uh, our man, Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, they are the team of Jackie Redmond and uh, a Byron Zaxton. And of course, we head into the ring with the announcer, letting everybody know who's about to fight and the results of such uh, matches. We have ourselves Samantha Irving. And last, but certainly not least, we uh, have the commentary crew. It's the play-by-play -play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of uh, my personal favorite. Um, he's the, a future Hall of Famer. He's a man with the raspy yet very soothing voice. My personal main crush, Wade Barrett. And backing up the man, he is, uh, you know, he's been on a, he's been a commentator for over 25 years. And he is, of course, a Michael Cole. And now, without any further kadoos, it's time to start the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we start the one with uh, the show with uh, actually uh, Cody Rhodes. Wrestling has more than one royal family.
start a rumbling in my bowels And I think I'm gonna blow There's a bathroom stall, I'm finally here The toilet's there, I'm about to blow I ate five tacos before the show Shut the door and I sit down on the throne Oh, whoa! I was never party trained When I was younger My father was never there I did a perfect day Yeah, so Cody Rhodes took his time getting down to the ring there. And of course, and why not? He is, of course, uh, the the future of the WWE, uh, according to somebody. Somebody decided that, yes, we need more Cody Rhodes because he's going to take the reins. <sighs> I don't know why I'm so sour, but I am. So Cody Rhodes coming out there and he's uh, talking to his, uh, you know, let me talk to Minnesota and Minnesota's own. He wants to talk about uh, Brock Lesnar, surviving Brock Lesnar, and not just surviving him, but having Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar acknowledge. He said, Brock Lesnar acknowledged me. And of course, he'd use those words because he'd every, even in winning, he has to talk to uh, Brock Lesnar, talk about Brock Lesnar like he's a punk ass bitch. Like a punk ass bitch. That's right. Because that, anyways, Brock Lesnar showed me some respect after the match. We got some hugging happening. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, he's talking some stuff, and then Seth Rollins, he comes out there with his, uh, my goodness, ho ho ho, Seth Rollins. He really knows how to look like a clown sometimes, you know, running out there with his big yellow oversized Crocs. You know, if you thought Crocs looked dumb, my goodness. Oh, he must have lost a bet somewhere. <laughs> you idiot. Now you gotta wear these absolute stupid shoes. <laughs> you look like a fool. And Seth's like, I wear with confidence. I never look like a fool. But you do. You look like an idiot. You look like some sort of mascot. They say train for the job that you want. And apparently Seth Rollins wants to be a mascot for some sort of wrestling team. Anyways, enough with the, you know, shade on his dumb shoes, his fashion selection, and his dumb classic. What is he even thinking? What is he even thinking? I think he's lost a step. He might have lost a step with his fashion. Maybe not. Anyway, so he's in the ring there. And, uh, you know. Because, of course, Cody Rhodes, after the big win in uh, SummerSlam, he feels he can beat anybody. And, of course, Seth Rollins like, uh, so you think he can beat anybody, huh? You think you can beat... What about my shoes and my fashion sense? Easily done. But no, it's like, how about you put the uh, put it to the test? And then that's when the Judgment Day music hits. You know, Judgment Day, I see clearly. It's not the Judgment Day's music. So Judgment Day comes down there, and it's all about uh, who runs raw. You know, that's a good question. Definitely not Cody Rhodes. So he's demanding matches whatnot. Uh, or not really at all. But uh, of course... Uh, when it's only three of the Judgment Day, it's uh, uh, Damien Priest, Mama Ria, Mama Ria, here we go again, and uh, Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom, <clears throat> no Finn Balor. Where's Finn? Where's Finn? Ever since uh, SummerSlam, it was pretty, pretty <laughs> gnarly uh, SummerSlam uh, fight. Finn Balor, goddamn, he could have been champion only if he listened to Damien Priest. 
It's true. Anyway, so they go in the ring there. Who runs Raw? And they're talking about, uh, we got the most dominant um, champion here, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> yeah, Rhea Ripley. Although she never fights, never really fights on uh, Monday Night Raw. She saves all her fighting for NXT, baby. Word counts. Word women there are quality competitors. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, it comes down to this. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, of course, three guys in the ring and uh, uh, Rhea Ripley versus, uh, I guess, two guys in the ring there. Anyway, so now it comes down to a, 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 a they start beating each other up. comes down to it. You know, it comes to a fight, a fist fight. And then things get evened up by a Sami Zayn charges to that ring there like a house on fire, like a house on fire. And starts attacking everybody, evening up the odds in the ring there. Somewhat evening up the odds. Seth Rollins finishes off with a big floppity dumbass boot to the face of uh, Finn Balor. Takes his soft rubber boot to the face. How? That's so ridiculous. I mean, and he's wearing this blue, uh, electric blue uh, blazer uh, suit, pants suit. It is, he looks hilarious, you know. It's a good thing Seth Rollins walks around with a lot of confidence. If, he'd le if not, he would have been a laughingstock. He would have been a laughingstock. So now here we go backstage. We got ourselves a little bit of Adam Pierce, the man. The authority figure. And he's come together with uh, Ricochet. I wait for the Ricochet. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Chad Gable. And Matt Riddle. All four of these losers, apparently according to uh, Adam Pierce, calling them all losers, not directly though. That you guys aren't seeing very, uh, you guys are being, uh, been losing lately. But you are, all you four are on a cusp of greatness. So, I will give you uh, an opportunity. A fatal four-way match. The winner, the winner of this fatal four-way match takes on, nope, not the champion, not Seth Rollins. But, of course... Gunther with the Intercontinental Championship fight. So yes, it would be number one contenders for the IC Championship title, which is a step in any direction, which is good. Now, here we go. So everybody's all happy. And here comes the fight. Right after that, it's Ricochet, Matt Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa, and Chad Gable. This one's a lot of fun because there's uh, four people in the ring. It's like a hurricane. It's like a tornado match. It's like everything's going on at once and it's... Uh, these matches are difficult, you know, to have these match look uh, natural. I mean, this definitely looked rehearsed and uh, over, uh, shall you say, choreographed. It looked uh, pretty damn cheesy. But you know what? Apparently, this crowd, they're all in, baby. They're all in. They love it. They're eating this, this uh, nonsense up big time. Big time. Now, they, at this one point, they got, uh, it is, oh, they got a point where they all get together, do the, the super move off the top rope, you know, uh, the Tower of Doom, all, always alternates. So this time we have Ricochet on the top, and the top rope, you know, in the corner. And then it's uh, Matt Riddle jumps on the top rope too for a German suplex. And then it's, uh, you know, Tommaso Ciampa goes on a second rope to German suplex uh, Riddle, who's going to German, German suplex, of course, uh, Ricochet. And then on the bottom, they're all waiting for the final pyramid uh, section. Which, uh, finally, you know, um, what's that, uh, Chad Gable, Gabler, rhymes with Tabla, runs up and goes on the bottom there and uh, finishes off the uh, Tree of Doom, the Tower of Doom, and then the massive uh, suplex, 
Ricochet almost landing on his head. But because Ricochet knows, understands, um, is, is aware of where he is in the, in the air, he can, uh, he can land it very safely. Very safely. Any normal person would land on their head, ending their career instantly. So anyways, moving on. Watching this whole fiasco take place, it's uh, your intercontinental champion, Gontar. He's watching the match right there. Just not amused with what just happened. It's like, really? You call this wrestling? I call it a joke. He didn't say any of that because he was not mic'd. But he would have said that is his intent. So yeah, we got another part here where uh, they all get in, the, in play. All choreographed perfectly. It's a massive suplex where uh, um, Riddle and, uh, you know, Champa um, suplex off the top rope. And then uh, when they land, Riddle gets himself in the spot. Champa gets himself in the spot. And then uh, we got another spot where Riddle does a massive, uh, you know, actually it's a ricochet. Goes through a massive shooting stars press. And... Chad Gabla goes for a big old splashy splash. Big move. You know, they got to one point. They're all there on their knees, all fighting, all punching each other in the face. Oh, yeah, they're all tired now. All tired. Now, Tommaso Ciampa has this wonderful move. It's like a powerbomb setup to a backstabber. Powerbomb to a backstabber. Um, you know, it uh, looked pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. Um... But here we go. Now, we got Danning here where, uh, what? We got uh, Riddle. He's going for a pin attempt. Now, this is the end sequence. This was a lot of This was a lot of fun. A lot of wrestling people were chanting, uh, this is awesome. They thought it was awesome fun. Now, Chad Gable. Now, he's, he breaks up a pin. Goes to the top rope with a massive headbutt. Breaks up the pin. Riddle pinning, uh, you know, um, I would say it's uh, Tommaso Ciampa getting pinned. With the giant headbutt. Now, the end sequence is this. Um, it was a whole bunch of uh, chaos theory. Now, the chaos theory is uh, Chad Gable's rolling, uh, what's that, uh, O'Connor roll, uh, German suplex. He starts with an O'Connor roll, goes to German suplex. That's his uh, chaos theory. So, he going to Matt Riddle. He goes for his O'Connor roll, going for the uh, German suplex. But, however, Matt Riddle is intercepted before the chaos theory is completed with the, uh, you know, recoil by Ricochet. Then uh, Matt Riddle rolls out of the ring. Then Ricochet is about to get massively, uh, again, the uh, Chaos Theory. He gets the O'Connor roll on Ricochet as soon as he's trying to get him a suplex. It is uh, Tommaso Ciampa breaking in there with the half-hearted attempt at the uh, the Famaster. Looked terrible, but he did it. He did it. And then after that, it's Tommaso Ciampa. He gets uh, caught up in the old Chaos Theory. Really still picks him up and drops him slowly on the back of his neck. One, two, and as soon as he gets to three, he, uh, he gets a pin. Chamas Champa loses that match. How about that? So Chad Gable, he's a new number one contender to uh, Gunter. And he goes out there. And of course, they're in um, Minneapolis. And that is a hometown of not just Brock Lesnar, but Chad Gabler. And he meets this giant family. I can't believe what a family man Chad Gable is. Chad Gable, what a family man. He's got a whole bunch of kids down there. If that's his wife, I'm not sure. Or nanny, I'm not even sure. Um, but anyways, he, he gives his, uh, his youngest a uh, victory lap around the ring. Because it's very rare that you see Chad Gable win it all. Even though he's such a talent. Now, uh, this next match, 
there's a op there's a chance Chad Gable could be the next IC champion, and uh, you know if he does, it's uh, um, about time he become get some singles gold. But all I know is this match, Gunther Chad Gable will be a huge. It will be amazingly great. That's it, because uh, Chad Gable is a great wrestler, and Gunther, however, he knows how to work, and that's what makes Gunther one of the all-time greats. Anyways, moving on. We go backstage. It's with uh, uh, Cody Rhodes. Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. They're all getting ready for the big old match. Trying to get on the same page. You know, Seth Rollins, uh, he doesn't mind being tag team with Cody Rhodes, but you know what? He doesn't want to be told. He doesn't want to be told to be a tag team with him. You know? Anyways. Uh, Sami, Sami Zayn gets them all on the same page, and that's, that's a good thing, I suppose. And then we go backstage again. It's with The Miz. The Miz. He's got a photo shoot. Uh, scheduled. He's going there for his photo shoot. I'm here for my photo shoot. I'm the Miz. I got gigantic balls. Me. But no. It was uh, LA Knight having his photo shoot first. Um, we have someone in here that's way more important than you. Me. So this is the writing thing. This is it. It's all professional jealousy again coming in play. Coming in play. Moving in play. Now this is the the, I guess, the rematch, so-called rematch. Now, it is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bronson Reed. One mountain of a man, one gigantic dude, one gigantic dude. Um, now, here's the thing. The first time they fought, it was Tommaso Ciampa got involved and uh, a disqualification happened, you know, and Bronson Reed won. Disqualification. So now this time here, will anybody interfere? No! How about this match? This match was about 12 minutes long. Was it roughly 12 minutes long? Um, this was match of the night. This was a great match. Bronson Reed, maybe 200 pounds on uh, Shinsuke. Big, big man. Um, Shinsuke, intelligent as all hell. He's great Japanese strong style. Um, and he's got some good height and he's got some speed and he's got some fast feet. Fast feet! They call him. They don't call him Happy Feet for nothing. As a matter of fact, they don't call him Happy Feet at all. So yeah, in the beginning, it was Bronson Reed using his power and strength to make uh, Shinsuke look like the fool, put him to the corner and, and patting him on the head, giving old patty pat on the head. You know, Shinsuke. Oh, you know, this is back and forth. This was in, this match was incredible. A lot of back and forth. The uh, you know good vibrations on uh, you know Bronson Reed's neck. Bronson Reed. Whew. Now, there's a few people who do the standing elbow drop. You know, uh, um, Eddie Thorpe. He's got this, uh, he's got one. It's like a finisher of his. Can't believe it, it is. Um, LA Knight, one of the greatest standing elbows out there. And here is Bronson Reed, my goodness. Because he's so giant and he's got some great height on it. Almost LA Knight height. But man, getting hit by that, it could end a match. This is like a finisher right here, but it did not finish a match. Did not finish a match. Shinsuke Nakamura, him, his fast feet with massive kicks to the face strikes just some insane strikes Shinsuke really showing out here now here goes to the end of the match pipe here the end part of the match the end sequence here Shinsuke he, she, he finally getting uh, thrown around with this uh, looks like some sort of uh, um, they call it what's this uh, a uh, the jagged edge slam the jagged edge slam which looks basically like a death valley driver it's a jagged edge slam. He goes to the top rope because he thinks it's over. You think he's going to just finish Shinsuke like that? Like that? I don't think so. 
So he goes up the top rope for a tsunami. Shinsuke moves out of the way. Ooh, it's not good for Bronson. He hits the mat hard because the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Before he can get up, Shinsuke with a uh, Kinshasa to the back of Bronson's head. And then with another Kinshasa to the front of his head. Normal style. Bron uh, Bronson Reed falls to Shinsuke Nakamura. So next up, we go backstage. It is with, uh, I guess, uh, Adam Pierce, With uh, giving bad news to Raquel Rodriguez. But yes, you're not cleared to go anywhere. You're not cleared to fight, you know, there, Raquel. And while she's back there with uh, being consolidated, 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 um, consoled by, uh, what's that? The Way members, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Haven't seen them in forever. Indy Hartwell, hmm. Maybe her injury was far worse than I assumed. But anyways, looking good back there. And uh, yeah, Adam Pierce just giving Raquel some bad news. Like, yes, yeah, you know, thing with the rear Ripley. He's going to have to wait a little bit longer, you know? You know? Okay, now moving on. We go backstage with the, uh, you know, what's that? Uh, with uh, Giovanni, with the, uh, it's a Ludwig Kaiser and uh, Maxine Dupree, Maxine Dupree. And basically it's, uh, um, I guess, uh, Ludwig Kaiser sees, uh, I guess, uh, potential in Maxine and wants to get her part of the Imperium. But Maxine's all grossed out, whatnot. And uh, is he also giving, uh, you know, her uh, to send a message to uh, Chad Gable because Chad Gable's going to be fighting Gunther in the near future and how Chad Gable's going to get smashed. So, while trying to hit on old Maxine, Otis comes up there and, oh, that's it. It's a go time. You want to fight? Let's go. So, this is uh, they're building up to a fight. Um, Ludwig Kaiser versus Four Point Otis. Or just Otis these days. So, now, here we go. We go into the road, into the ring there with uh, the mom, Becky Lynch. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just call her the mom. She's, the, she's called the man. And uh, Becky Lynch, she's got nothing but uh, negative things to say about Trish Stratus. Still does not appreciate Trish Stratus for being the legend that she is. As a matter of fact, uh, Tr uh, Becky Lynch goes on basically saying that uh, she's a legend. That she's going to be the best there is and the best there is ever going to be. Really, I think there's people who's better than you right now, uh, Becky Lynch. Like, uh, I don't know, Rhea Ripley. Already better than you. Okay, so anyways. So the man, Becky Lynch, she's all talking about the greatest of all time. And then we got uh, Tony, uh, Zoe Stark comes out to the ring there and saying, what is your problem with uh, Trish Stratus, our hero, our savior? She didn't say that. But anyways, uh, you're totally obsessed. We both beat you. What do you want? And it basically comes down to this. Uh, we are the, uh, I guess, uh, you know, who's, a who's the baddest? Who's the baddest in wrestling? And we got ourselves an unwanted guest, or unwelcome guest, I guess, not really called out or anything like that. You know, Kevin Owens always gets angry at people who just comes out that's no, not, really have nothing to do with anything. So we got ourselves uh, Shayna Baszler after her weak, weird match against uh, Ronda Rousey on uh, SummerSlam. Now, Ronda Rousey, she's now officially on her vacation. You know, she's doing whatever she needs to do on the farm, you know. And so, yeah, it is uh, Shayna Baszler gets in the face of Zoe Stark and who is officially the baddest person here. And they both ignore Becky Lynch because they know she's not in she's not in the running. 
She nodded around as the baddest person here, Becky. So, okay, Becky, we're, we're going to be talking here. Let the adult women talk, Becky, if you don't mind. They didn't say any of that. But anyway, so they start getting in each other's face and Becky Lynch decides to, uh, Oh, how about this? You guys, you guys getting in, you guys fight. You guys fight. So she stirs up the pot and then Adam Pierce comes out there and says, that's a very good idea. Let's have this match right now. I figured that's, that's interesting because, uh, then when, uh, Becky Lynch came to the ring there, she wore street clothes. Zoe Stark came in wearing, uh, her ring gear. And of course it was, uh, you know, also, uh, Shayna Baszler wearing a ring gear. Also, sporting a massive shiner in her face. Because during uh, SummerSlam, she got a massive flying knee, a jumping knee to the face by uh, uh, Shane, uh, Ronda Rousey. I'm thinking, yeah, that connected pretty hard. And that's probably why all the uh, officials came out there to check on her uh, if she's got a concussion or not. In the ring. So anyways, this match, it starts, well, soon. But after that, we go you know, backstage. He set up the match. We go backstage and it's with, uh, I guess, Finn Balor. Talk to his fellow countryman and best friend, J.D. McDonough. Why, uh, what's, uh, what's that? Um, Damien Priest has, uh, he wants some Judgment Day news to uh, share with uh, Finn Balor. But Finn's like, oh, he's my best friend. What do you can say to me? You can say to him. No problem. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, Damien Priest calls uh, Finn Balor a loser. Because at uh, SummerSlam, um, he did not accept uh, Damien Priest's help. And he lost to Seth Rollins, making him a loser. But uh, Finn Balor's like, yes, was it, uh, am I a loser or did you make me lose? No, he didn't. Then they start getting into each other's uh, personal space. Little personal space problem. And then Rhea Ripley, mommy shows up. Mommy of the group. And she uh, sets everything straight. Sets everything straight, you know. And we got ourselves a little bit of a, what's that, J.D. McDonough? Says, you know, that briefcase, if you get rid of that briefcase, all your problems would be over. Almost exactly like that. But yeah, yeah, basically, it's a briefcase problem. It's a briefcase, the briefcase is getting in between the Judgment Day. No, and not at all Finn Balor's ego, his, his crispy, thin ego. Not at all involved at all. Anyways, moving on. Uh, during this big match, Zoe Stark versus Shayna Baszler, we have ourselves the mom this time, Becky Lynch, bring back, bring down some of her wonderful homemade lemonade. Something that her kid probably loves and goes a little up because it's all sugar. Wade Barrett tries to choke some of this down here. He's not bitter at all. Of course, because it's loaded with sugar. And that's why Becky Lynch is the way she is because she's all hyped up on sugar. So yeah. So she's uh, trying to stomach this uh, lemonade herself. Oh, having glass and lemonade outside. How quaint. So in the ring there, of course, Zoe Stark is taking full advantage of uh, Shayna Baszler's busted up face. Just mashing her arm and just, just putting some pressure onto her eye. And of course, it was working because uh, she had a tiny shiner. By the end of the day, her, that shiner spread pretty good across her face. Across that face. Now, of course, because Becky Lynch decides to stick around and watch the match. They're going to have some spots that's going to be in front of Becky Lynch. In the first spot they had, Becky Lynch was like, Oh, would you like a glass of lemonade? I made it myself. I'm going to market it under the WWE marketplace. Becky's lemonade. Take lemons and make lemon. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I can, only, I can see it. Becky's lemonade. 
Like, some ridiculous name to it, too. Anyways. Uh, so she, she like, hurls, hurlies, hurries, uh, pouring a glass for whomever needs it. It doesn't matter. They fight back in the ring there. Zoe Stark shows why she's one of the greatest out there. She's got this incredible springboard. Springboard dropkick. It's like, uh, it's magnificent. She gets the height. It looks like she can literally, it looks like a cave-in. She's literally caving in a chest of, uh, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler. Like a cave-in front top rope. It is beautiful. A beautiful. A thing of absolute beauty. Zoe Stark, damn. And then Shayna Baszler gets his gut wrench on. Uh, Zoe, uh, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, Shayna, Shayna Baszler gets a uh, gut wrench on Zoe Stark. And so she picks her up and then drops her on her stomach. It's like, what is going on? What is going on? You know, Shayna, Shayna Baszler. I don't know. Not much confidence in her wrestling skills in there. I mean, to put together a good match. Oof, oofa. With a move like that, oofa. Oofa doofa. And of course, we fight to have another segment where we fight outside again. Um, Zoe, it's uh, Shayna Baszler rolls outside there. Zoe Stark with the, you know, uh, I guess you can say, uh, um, it's like a springboard. You know, she uh, she whips herself off the top rope and with a massive high cross body, throws herself over, crushing Shayna Baszler. Now, this way, like, thought would be great. Where uh, Zoe Stark, I think it'd be great if Zoe Stark grabbed a cup of that damn, lem uh, damn lemonade and bloosh, splooshed it, splooshed it all over uh, Becky Lynch. That would have been the chef's kiss. Mwah. Like, oh, Zoe Stark, you bitch. That's so great. You know, ignite the flame a little bit get some uh, you know get her angry because when uh, Becky Lynch she's a, she can perform when she gets her when her heart's in it so anyways um, Shayna Baszler is thrown back to the ring there um, Zoe Stark she's about to get to the ring and uh, I guess uh, her and Becky Lynch start having a, a, a conversation about her damn you know uh, lemonade hey Becky how about you just drink your stupid lemonade there you know, the, the, the diabetes A lemonade with the side of diabetes. He did, she didn't say that, but she did say about the lemonade thing. How about you just drink your damn lemonade? So Becky Lynch gets up there all upset and they start arguing more. And she and a baster gets, uh, you know, has enough time to rest. And uh, basically she ends up finishing the match. And the finishing move is, oh, was so sloppy. It was terrible. It's basically, this is what it looked like. The finishing move Shayna Baszler did was, uh, it was a, a Samoan drop. I think it was supposed to be some sort of Olympic slam. The Olympic slam. They call it the world's baddest slam. And it was bad, all right. It was downright terrible. Um, but yeah, the uh, terrible attempt at the uh, Olympic slam looking like a really nasty looking Samoan drop. And that's the way it ends, baby. And with that, we go uh, to backstage with Byron Saxton with... Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura on his big win on Bronson Reed. Now, it comes down to this. When no one's interfering with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, it's time for Shinsuke because his big win, he's very proud of that. His big win is now it's time for Shinsuke to carve his own path. Now, I don't really remember any time that Shinsuke wasn't carving his own path, you know, but apparently this time he is. So, yeah, do it on. And he hear a clang, clong, clang, clang, clonk. Oh my, what's going on? They look to the side and it's, oh, what it looks like. A beat down. JD McDonough beating down, beating the holy hell out of uh, Sami Zayn. 
you know, according to this, you can see Sami Zayn's holding onto his arm, like, oh, my arm, oh, I got a big, big old bumpy bump on my arm, oh. And it does, it looks like he has his uh, golf ball where his uh, elbow should be, you know, it looks, he looks like, uh, what's that, uh, um, I guess you can say, uh, Popeye the Sailor Man, their elbows, you know, the cartoon elbow. So yeah, now, right there, he's saying that, oh, my, you hurt my arm, but you know what, I thought, really? There's no way this could happen. So when did Sami Zayn really hurt his arm? I think did he hurt it during the the run-in today? And uh, I looked at it, and uh, quite frankly, early on in the day when he ran in to help out uh, his friends Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, he had that bump on his elbow, that very bump on his elbow, running in to help and help his friends. Like okay, I'm thinking okay, so he must have got this last week against the Judgment Day, you know. Now he's injured. So now both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are injured. Are they doing anything about it? No, they're not. Because this tag team division is broken. So now we move on to our next match. It is uh, Otis of the Alpha Academy with uh, Maxine Dupree fighting Imperiums. Um, but the Kaiser. And with him, it's uh, Giovanni Minzi. So this was, uh, this was about three minutes in length. Average commercial commercial length. Of course, in the beginning, it was uh, Otis crushing uh, Giovanni. Until, of course, Otis pulls what he's known for. It's called the four-point Otis. Where he runs shoulder first, tackles the ring post. He does this. He just enjoys tackling the ring post. Like when he did it, Giovanni, I mean, uh, Ludwig Kaiser was nowhere near it. He just kept on going. Because that's what he does. And that's what turned things around for a short bit for uh, Giovanni Vinci. And showing off to, uh, you know, Maxine Dupree. Trying to tear off, tear off uh, Otis's nose. And then we got ourselves a little bit of a, you know, Maxine gets on the apron there and she starts arguing. Ludwig Kaiser starts uh, talking to her, start, uh, trying to charm her. She wants another part of it. You know, I think he wants a little kiss on the cheek. But however, after this, it is, uh, you know, Otis gets his uh, bearings back and starts throwing around some... Uh, What's that? Ludwig Kaiser in the ring. Just chucking him around, you know. With a massive... And then, of course, he gets set up. He sets up for a massive... Uh, he's Well, after throwing him around a bit. He uh, goes for a massive... Uh, what's that? Uh, a caterpillar. He's going for the caterpillar. And then that's when uh, um, Giovanni Vin, see? He jumps onto the apron. And then, you know, uh, Otis could have ignored him and finished off his dumb caterpillar. But no, he decides to go after Giovanni and he uh, suplexes him into the ring. This is where it went all downhill for Otis. Because as soon as uh, Giovanni was thrown into the ring, the referee had to turn his back on Otis altogether and make sure that uh, Giovanni was outside of the ring. They had a conversation too. Um, Giovanni's like, hey, referee, do you know how to make a good cannoli? I know a great recipe for cannoli. Referee said, cannolis? God damn, I love cannolis. So we talk about cannolis there. And then uh, we got uh, a little bit of the, uh, what's that? Uh, Gunther coming in there with a big boot to the side of the head of Otis's head. You know, behind the ref's back because he's too busy finding out what the hell he wants to find. He wants, just wants cannolis. And then the Insigiri, Ludwig Kaiser catches uh, Otis on the side of the head. One, two, three, it's over. Over. And uh, Ludwig Kaiser with one last uh, hey now. 
hey, what are you? How are you doing? To, uh, you know, Maxine Dupree. Now, Maxine, she's come a long way from, uh, from nowhere to going into the maximum male models with uh, Max Dupree, you know. He's uh, now, Max Dupree, he's uh, dead, and now he's turned into LA Knight, but regardless. And now she's from uh, the uh, maximum male models to the uh, Alpha Academy. Now, will she move once more time? Will she be moving to Imperium? I think she's a good fit in Imperium. But uh, this is going to be uh, another a story to come. Uh, we'll find out what's going to happen with Maxime Dupree. So then, after the match, uh, Imperium, they start beating down Otis, and then Chad Gabler comes down to the ring to protect his boy. What are you doing? And they all run away. Skip the ring. It's like, we'll see you later. And with later, we go backstage with uh, Jackie Redmond. And uh, Jackie's uh, basically talking to, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. And what is the, what is the situation on, on uh, Sami Zayn? Now, Cody Rhodes tried to chirp in there. You know, he's trying to say what's going on. And then uh, and Cody, and uh, Seth Rollins probably talked to you. And Cody's like, oh, you, you can take this. I'll wait for you in the ring. Like, really going to wait for him in the ring? You know, uh, Really? You know, there's going to be another match inside the ring there. You can't wait in the ring, you dummy. So anyways, uh, he, he goes waiting somewhere. By in some sort of corner or something like that. Rewriting his lyrics to his songs. Anyway, so yeah, Sami Zayn. Uh, he can't go. He's not ready to go. But however, we got to stand in Shinsuke Nakamura. Now Shinsuke just had a, the match of the night tonight with the Bronson Reed. A massive match. And he's ready to go again. He's like, hey, I will stand in for you. Yes, that's right. Let's ride. Let's ride. But uh, Shinsuke, you can tell he's got a, a gl he's got a glimmer in his eye. That he's got some plans, some big plans. Okay, so moving on. We go hit the ring there. And he's with the Miz. Miz is in the ring there. And he's feeling very miserable. <laughs> the Miz, miserable. <laughs> Anyways, he's talking about he always feels so disrespected by LA Knight. No. The new wrestlers these days with no respect. Not in a, you know, they had this, uh, you know, the Battle Royal and he got thrown out from behind by LA Knight. Mm -hmm. No respect. And, you know, not to top that off, he never got a handshake. Never got a handshake. Mm -hmm. I figure this one here. The Miz, hey, when it comes to mic skills, Miz is right up there. One of the all-time greats with the mic. And I think this was, this is truly, they're throwing a, I guess, LA Knight to the Wolves. This is it, man. Can you hold your own against the Miz? Are you that good, LA Knight? Now, LA Knight comes down to the ring. He does uh, offer the hand and, uh, you know, the handshake. Miz doesn't want to take it. But here's the thing. LA Knight held his own. It was pretty damn... This was an insane promo. Now, LA Knight might have slipped up once, but it's okay. It's all right. You know, he got back on his feet. And he finished his promo. It was very good. Now, the whole thing is basically like this. It's about... Uh, um, uh, Miz accusing LA Knight of riding his coattails. Riding his coattails? I don't, I don't see how that's at all being possible, uh, you know. Um, and calls him a, uh, calls LA Knight uh, an Attitude Era cosplayer. Attitude Era cosplayer. And basically he's like, uh, I've been here for 20 years. What have, what have you been doing for the past 20 years? You know? So basically, it comes down to, uh, you know, Miz. You're here because you're safe. 
You know, you didn't get a locker room. What did you do? Nothing. When you got kicked out of locker room, when you weren't accepted, what you nothing. You accepted it. I'm safe. You're safe. I'm not safe. You know, if someone did that to me, there's going to be hell to be paid. Anyways, it was pretty good. There was some some serious stuff in here. It was really good. A lot of good uh, jabbing, good talking, and wow, I was uh, in it to win it with this one. Uh, so then we got ourselves a little bit of a Cody Rowe, or should I say Miz, uh, decides to attack. Kind of a Freudian slip-up, eh? Miz and Cody. <laughs> Anyways, Miz starts to try to attack um, LA Knight. Tries to get him into the skull-crushing finale. LA Knight spins it around with his blunt force trauma. And the blunt force trauma is this. It gets you in a cravat, the cravat, over the head cravat, and then uh, tries you to beal you with the cravat beal, throw, cravat throw, you know? Um, cravat takedown but then he throws your head into the mat that is the bft blunt force trauma now next up we got ourselves a massive tag team match it is the viking raiders <laughs> eric and ivar with of course i think she's got a, one amazing body um, she could probably be the sexiest woman in uh, raw it's uh valerie halal or valhalla is like what she would like to be called valhalla now, yeah, underneath all that junk she wears, she could, she could, she has a great body, gotta say. But besides that point, me harping on about Valhalla or Sarah or Logan, how about this match? It's the Viking Raiders versus the New Day. That's right, uh, Kofi Kingston back, and apparently uh, he didn't get proper um, wrestling boots made. He's there with full sneakers, loving those sneakers, you know. So he's ready for a one-on-one -on -one basketball game right after the match. You can go straight through. It doesn't matter. I'm thinking maybe uh, he's been away for a while, you know. Regardless. And it's uh, this match here. It was about, well, almost, it was about five and a half minutes. Five and a half minutes long. And the beginning part, of course, the Viking Raiders had an opportunity to win the match. They did not win the match, you know. It's, uh, what's that, Eric with a massive Tahana bomb on uh, Xavier Woods. Um, what's that? Ivar off the top rope with a massive splash. Could have finished it, but Xavier Woods actually kicks out of that move. Is up getting Kofi Kingston in the match too. Uh, actually totally taking part Ivar. You know, end up getting the, uh, what's SOS, which is absolutely ridiculous move. He does a, uh, a front bump and the other person takes a back bump. It was, uh, it, it's, it's a fun thing. He had, he's done that for many years. For 20 plus years. Maybe, uh, Kofi Kingston's been doing the SOS for, uh, maybe 40 years. So, yeah, here we go. The end sequence here. The end sequence here. It's, uh, we got ourselves, uh, Eric and Ivar. They're back within the ring there. You know, they try double team Kofi Kingston. Ivar goes for, uh, actually, Eric goes for a massive powerbomb on Kofi Kingston. Kofi counters it with the Hurricanrana, chucks Eric outside of the ring. Oh, outside you go, sucker. Ivar gets super kicked in the head. And then he gets, uh, Massively, the SOS. I don't know. It's Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise kick to the head. Before he did that, he tags in uh, Xavier Woods. Now this was a clean tag match. Very proud of this. Very good. Very good match with tags. You know, I should have harped on that earlier. Uh, maybe a couple of tags weren't using the ropes, but you know what? All in all, it was pretty pretty clean. Now the end sequence is this. At the end was uh, Kofi Kingston tagging in Xavier Woods, going getting the uh, Trouble in Paradise kick onto. Uh, Ivar kits those ropes, massive over-the-top rope, tope suicida, crushes 
Eric outside the ring. Xavier Woods climbs the top rope, and my goodness, one of the most beautiful elbow drops out there. It's the uh, limit breaker elbow drop, maybe going 15, 15, 18 feet, um, you know, 18 feet span. You know, maybe, okay, maybe 15 feet, flying 15 feet through the air. That's damn impressive. 15, yeah. So, very beautiful move, you know. Xavier Woods is crushing it, crushing it. And that match was beautiful. Now, moving on next, we've got ourselves a little bit of uh, Jackie Redman with, uh, you know, uh, I guess you can say uh, um, Becky Lynch. You know? Actually, it's Byron Saxon with Becky Lynch. And uh, talking about uh, what's going to happen next week. I believe in Winnipeg. You know, when uh, Becky Lynch is going to be fighting uh, the great Trish Stratus. Well, before she can talk, it's uh, Shayna Baszler getting in the face of uh, Becky Lynch and she's looking for the man so yeah she wants to take down the man with uh, her all bust up face so yeah could it be something uh, yeah I can see uh, Shayna Baszler versus uh, Becky Lynch will it be good I don't know I don't know there's going to be a lot of hustling a lot of hustle because Becky Lynch likes to hustle in that ring I had a lot of coffee a lot of sugar anyways not the biggest Becky Lynch fan, as you can tell. Anyways, we move backstage, of course, with uh, uh, Jackie Redmond. This time it's really Jackie Redmond. Um, welcome him back, the new day. Um, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. And they're looking forward to, now I think this is the perfect time for New Day to be back. Um, now, unfortunately, they say uh, um, Big E will not be returning to the new day. After all, that uh, neck injury is so terrible that uh, the doctors recommend he retire from in-ring action. So yeah, anyways. So they're back and they're looking for tag team gold. No, it's crazy. Kofi Kingston, he's looking spry for a 70-year-old. Anyways, will they get it? This would definitely be a adrenaline boost to the tag team division. And with that, we have some unfortunate news. Apparently, Sonia Deville She's, um, she's got a torn ACL. She's out indefinitely, and uh, apparently they're looking for, they're going to be crowning new tag team champions. Tag team in the women's division? Oh, God. There's so few. There's so few natural tag teams in the women's division. There's like, oh, it's ridiculous. So now they're looking for a new team now. Sony Deville and uh, Chelsea Green. They just got together a couple months. They're just, a, you know, this year they got together. You know, late this year. So, uh, yeah, not even a year together. Not even close to a year together, and she's already injured. Um, so, yeah, what's next with this tag team division? Apparently, I think, I believe they're going to be uh, starting a, some sort of thing to, re, to get new champions, which they really should be doing with both of them. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, they're injured. I don't know why they didn't uh, strip them of their titles, but they did not. Anyways. Our next match is the triple threat. Not the triple threat, the six-man tag. It is the Judgment Days, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, Damien Priest versus Cody Rhodes, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Um, so yeah, with that, we got ourselves a little bit of, uh, I don't know. Wrestling has more than one royal family. That's right. Cody Rhodes slowly enters the ring area. 
No rush. But you gotta hear the song. The song so funny, so great. I got a rumbling in my bowels. And I think I'm gonna blow. There's a bathroom stall, I'm finally here. The toilet's there, I'm about to blow. I ate five tacos before the show. Shut the door and I sit down on the throne. Oh, whoa! I was never party trained when I was younger. My father was never there. Yeah. So, uh, that all happened. Um, so, uh, we got that happening there. But before, uh, but we got ourselves a huge thing. Um, before Cody Rhodes and this massive song hit, we got ourselves uh, an attack, an attack. It's, uh, Raquel Rodriguez attacks, uh, you know, what's that, uh, Rhea Ripley. And then, of course, uh, Rhea Ripley tries to get uh, even Stevens, and then we got the officials come down there, and then we got ourselves, uh, um, what's that, uh, um, Indy Hartwell, and uh, what's that, uh, Candice LeRae coming down there, and uh, what, uh, Rhea Ripley taking out uh, Indy, Hart Indy Hartwell, throwing her aside, and then throwing away uh, some, uh, you know, what's that, uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't know, it's crazy, uh, um, what's that, uh, so, we got, the whole thing turns out, they all start scrapping, um, what's that, Indy, Indy Hartwell, you know, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Candice LeRae, they start all scrapping there, and the referee insisted, all the, all the uh, officials, yeah, it was, it was all confusing, I'm not sure exactly what was happening in this whole thing, and as you can tell, it was all scrambled in this podcast thing, anyway, so, the, all the officials come in and break it up. And then the match eventually starts, and it's all about one thing. It's uh, Judgment Day, and uh, the, the, I guess, the, the heat between uh, Damien Priest and Finn Balor. It's palpable. Palpable. So they're saying, who should start to fight? Now, here's the thing also. This match was a lot of fun. This was definitely a lot of fun. Um, tags, who cares about tags? Tag ropes, whatever, you know? Damien, uh, Dominic Mysterio ends up starting a match. Finn Balor starts a match, not Finn Balor, but uh, Dominic Mysterio starts a match with uh, Judgment Day, and then Shinsuke starts a match for his team, because, of course, you know, um, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes didn't know who's going to start, so, of course, it was, uh, you know, our very own Shinsuke Nakamura coming into play. So, I was surprised the very first tag was a clean tag. Damien Priest holding the tag ropes, wow. But then after that, it's like, forget it. Tag ropes be damned. Tag ropes be damned. It was hilarious. A lot of back and forth. This match was about 13 minutes long. 13 minutes in length. That's right. Um, now, we had a point here. Um, Damien Priest got tagged in. Seth, um, which, uh, Finn Balor does his massive leg drop, which uh, Damien Priest usually does. And Damien, I think Damien got confused. He stepped outside the ring, like he's going to go back outside there, like he's waiting for a tag. And Rhea Ripley's like saying that, uh, you know, Priest, you're illegal. Get in. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> totally. <coughs> it was fun. <coughs> That's right. I lost my shit over that. So Damien Priest goes back in the ring there. Of course, the tags was ridiculous, nonsensical. Damien Priest, however, with a massive leg drop, beautiful leg drop, though. Um, 
Seth Rollins with his Tope Suicidas, taking out Damian Priest and Finn Balor. That's right. And, and of course, back with the nonsensical tags, uh, Finn Balor just hates tag ropes. God damn, it's like uh, Kryptonite and he's Superman. They fight outside for a bit there. Uh, Seth Rollins gets drop kicked into the barricades, into the uh, Timekeeper's barricade. Doesn't go through it though. Doesn't get hit hard enough. Didn't get hit hard enough. Now we even got a moment this match here where Dominic's fighting some Seth Rollins inside the ring there. Dominic pulls her um, referee back, you know, saying, Hey referee, come over here. You have any good t-shirt ideas I can steal from you? Why he's doing that? Ref's like, oh, I don't know. I don't really have many t-shirts at all. No one wants ref shirts. While that's happening, uh, Rhea Ripley gives uh, Seth Rollins a good clocking on the side of the head with her hand, not with the belt. You know, she didn't want to get too uh, too disqualifying, anything too illegal. I don't know. It's ridiculous. She could have used the belt, ended it there. So yeah, Seth Rollins gets a tag into uh, even Cody Rhodes. Now Cody Rhodes, he had to be at the uh, tag rope, but in order to tag in, he drops. He's a forget the tag rope. He just and he tags him with the hand that's not holding tag rope. He just drops it to tag in. It's ridiculous. It's like what? What? I don't get it. Referee didn't say anything. Does referee don't give a damn? So now here we go. We got ourselves Cody Rhodes in the ring with uh, um, Finn Balor. Cody Rhodes trying to get the crossroads on. And then we got uh, Rhea Ripley. She runs to the other side and she slides in her tag or her world championship belt into the ring, getting the ref's attention. It's like, oh, oh, that's a belt. I gotta get that. Rhea, did you drop a belt? While he's doing that, Cody Rhodes backs up into the uh, ropes. Um, what's that? Uh, Damian Priest slaps him in the back with his money in the bank briefcase. But however, things don't go so well, you know. Um, now Cody gets slapped in the back, but uh, the referee is getting all down. He's just just getting focused on I don't know what. You know, uh, Finn Balor uh, turns around with the briefcase in hand. You know, because uh, and he gets kicked in the face by Seth Rollins. Turns around to get uh, crossroad by, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes. Finn Balor gets down and they lose. Because uh, what's that, of course? Because after the hit, you know, after that, after what's that? Uh, Cody Rhodes got hit in the back by Sammy's, by, uh, what's that? Uh, Damien Priest. Sammy Zayn came in and took out, what's that? Uh, Damien Priest, you know, with his injured elbow and all. Beats him up and throws him over the commentating table. <laughs> referee's going oh what's going on that's what's going on there and then that's when Finn Balor grabs briefcase and he gets uh, turns around and gets kicked uh, the briefcase gets kicked in his face Finn Balor or should I say Seth Rollins kicks the briefcase away and then of course like I say crossroads it's over and we end the day with uh, Matthew yeah, I did a today don't have to do lingerie I told my mother Sammy Zayn Seth Rollins And Shinsuke Nakamura All celebrate But before they really celebrate Oh my god look out It's That's right Shinsuke Nakamura With a massive sneak attack on uh, Seth Rollins That's right The Kinshasa to the face so that's right, this finally, the opportunity presented itself, and uh, yeah, this is what you do to get title matches. Don't challenge, just attack. And their ego would say, how dare you? I will want to fight you. And that's how it ends. Big match. Um, everybody's all confused. 
Cody Rhodes like, what happened? Oh, 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 oh. You know, Sami Zayn's like, oh, Seth, baby. You know, do you need a golf-sized elbow? A golf-sized elbow? Golf-ball-sized elbow to help you ease the pain? Because he's got to, yeah, regardless. So, yeah, feeling cool as a cucumber. Feeling like he done good. It's Shinsuke Nakamura. And, of course, that does wrap it up for this episode of Raw. For this week, anyways. And if you are our podcast listener, please stay tuned for after this break. We'll be joining you. We'll be coming back with some NXT. But for our YouTube audience, thank you for being here. I've been your host, Lip Hazlewood, for the Wrestling Show, saying I'll see you next time. It's time to take a very cynical look back at the NXT on Lewis Soothing Show, baby. Well, 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 welcome to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. So, of course, it's the NXT, because I said it earlier. And uh, they are, the air date is August the 8th, 2023. This episode is The Road to Heat Wave. That's right. And before we dive into the big show, just a quick shout-out to the non-competitors. That's right. Um, and they are uh, representing the man... Usually, uh, he hasn't been seen for a while, uh, um, and it is uh, Shawn Michaels. Hasn't been there for a while. Anyways, he should have been there last week to make some things, uh, make some rules, but he hasn't been doing anything lately. But anyways, going into the ring, or actually uh, getting all the uh, pre-match interviews. And getting all the backstage scoops, they are the team of Mackenzie Mitchell and Kelly Kincaid. <clears throat> and of course, heading into the ring now, um, letting everybody know who's about to fight and uh, the, mat the results of such matches and such, it's uh, Alicia Taylor. And last, but certainly not least, it's the uh, commentating crew, it's uh, the play-by-play -play guys, it's the uh, hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They were the team of the two-time, that's right, the two-time Hall of Famer, and the man with the checks and the uh, championships on his mind, Shucky Ducky, a quack quack, it's a Booker T. And backing up Booker T, he's the ever voice of reason. He's a very tippity-top commentator in his own right. Sometimes there's a hockey fight, maybe not. But it's Vic Joseph! That's right. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get on with the show. And we start off big with the big match with uh, Axiom versus Mustafa Ali. It started off last week with uh, Axiom uh, trying to talk to Dominic Mysterio. You know, and then uh, it's, uh, Mustafa Ali stands in front of them and tries to talk to Dominic himself, and that caused a problem with the two. Mm -hmm. A little problem, which right now is going to be resolved with a big match. This big match was uh, a pretty good. It was a pretty decent match. You know, it had its flaws, but okay. Um, now, here we go. This match was about 10 minutes, a little over 10 minutes long. This was uh, a lot of innovative moves, a very ambitious match. 
Um, they did a lot of cool things in the ring there. Um, now, of course, one with them was an interesting uh, Hurricanrana move where, I guess, Axiom on the outside of the ring, on the apron still, uh, throws Mustafa Hughes, dives head first into the uh, commentating table. That's true. That is absolutely true. Now, during this match, we got ourselves a little bit of a man called uh, Reginald J. Squirrel. Well, not J. Squirrel at all, but uh, it's uh, Scripps. I'll write that down. Anyways, that made no sense. So Scripps is staying there and uh, he's watching the match. He's got some interest in it because him and Axiom have a few, have a past. You know, and, and then he brings out a tag team. Oh, 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 who are they? Who's he going to bring in and who would be in their right mind follow uh, Scripps? Uh, anyways, it's Lucian Prince and Bronco, um, Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. Join them out there. You know, and they all mean mugging and just stare meanly, angrily into the ring. Ugh, look at us, we're big and mean looking. I thought, oh, okay, will they be doing something? Will they be interjecting themselves into this match? Eh, nope, they don't. They just stand there mean mugging it. So the fight goes on inside the ring, they go on. And there's a move here. I thought, wow, this was brought to light by Shinsuke Nakamura. It's the sliding German suplex. He slides through the rope. You're sitting on this bottom rope. And in what Shinsuke slides in between your legs and German suplexes you. He hasn't been doing it lately. He hasn't been really touching it much. Every now and then he would throw it in. But anyways, this one here is taking it to the next level. It's uh, Mustafa Ali sitting on the second ropes. It's Axiom jumping feet first through the first and second ropes. And then with the German suplex, he go falls backwards off the second ropes. I thought, wow, that was a bunch of work. Anyways. After a couple of seconds, after a minute or so out there, it's, uh, they got bored. Scripts. I gotta go. Uh, maybe I gotta write something down. I forget before I forget. Some poems. I got some poems in my mind. Bronco is like, hey, let's get some beers. I don't know. They just went. So, the match goes on. Match goes on. They fight outside the ring. You know, uh, Axiom with a massive, uh, moonsault over the top rope. On the top, yeah, yeah top rope there and moonsault outside the ring smashing uh, script, uh, uh, Mustafa Ali now when Axiom went down he went down on his knee he got hit his knee hard I thought oh my goodness is this going to be affecting the match is this going to be affecting the match you know I thought oh my goodness but no it wasn't part of the match he just had to grin and bear it so yeah he didn't make that play in the match he, although he could have he could have made this part of the match you know but uh Anyways, they fight on. And uh, we get to a point here in the match. It, was, it gets really questionable. Because uh, Axiom, he throws down, he docks down uh, Mustafa Ali. And then he starts to playing with his mask. He starts getting his hands back there. I'm not sure. I don't know why the uh, camera just uh, did a two-shot. You know? So you see uh, Axiom pulling on his, the strings, take, untucking it from his mask from underneath his mask and pulling him out, untying it, doing whatever he can to loosen up that mask. I'm like, wow, my God, really? Either he's getting really hot in the, underneath that mask, he needs some air in there, or there's going to be a dumbass spot coming up very shortly involving his stupid mask. And I was right. He needed some air, and he just wanted to release his mask for a bit. No, he didn't. It's so ridiculous. He climbs on a top rope, Mustafa gets there, and he starts pulling on his mask. And oh, my gosh, he almost relieves his face. 
Oh, what be, might be underneath there? Maybe a kid? Some might be some sort of kid. A kid might be underneath that mask. Yeah. Take two. I think a kid might be in, underneath that mask. And I don't know why I did a voice for. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, so, um, Axiom looks at the ref like, "Oh, hey, that is not good. What is that?" And then he gets pushed off the top rope. Mustafa falls him through uh, and picks him up, throws him back in the ring, follows up with a 450 splash. smash oh, And it's over. Mustafa Ali has a few words uh, for, because uh, he wants, uh, his goal is the North American champion. He wants any belt right now. You know, does, he doesn't want to go for the top belt just yet. North American, he's got he's to go for a belt. A belt is better than no belt. That's what I always say. And that's what everybody should think. So anyways... He's looking to become North American champion, Mustafa Ali. So here we go. Our next match, it is uh, down the women's division. It's uh, Kilani Jordan versus uh, Blair Davenport. Blair, the longtime veteran versus uh, very green, still very green Kilani Jordan. Had a very few matches in the NXT. But it was Dana Brookie, the longtime veteran. Of over 40, 50 years inside the business. Long time! And she she basically did nothing. She got, she's the 24-7 champion for a short, for a quick minute. You know, and so is Santa Claus, apparently. A lot of other people were, 20. anyways. So, yeah, Dana Brooks' only uh, accomplishment is 24-7 gold. <laughs> so, she's saying, uh, Kilani Jordan, you should go in NXT style like going into prison. Yes, going in the prison. You call out the biggest guy and you beat them up. You show their dominance. You know? So, yeah, it ends up being um, uh, your killer instinct. So, yeah, a lot of words to say, but uh, really, it's coming from Dana Brookie. Brookie. So, how about this match? Now, uh, I gotta say, is uh, Kilani, uh, she's got some innovative moves, she's got a bright future. If she sticks with it, uh, keeps her mind fresh and focused on wrestling, thinking about new things, uh, she's got a lot of uh, potential. Kalani Jordan has a lot of potential and a great future. She's young, she can go far. No doubt about it. But you know what they say about potential? If you don't cash in on your potential, there is nothing. It means nothing, you know? But potential, having potential is better than no potential at all. It's true! Because I just said it right now. So anyways, what happens is, uh, now, it's uh, Blair Davenport. She's going for an arm drag. An arm drag on, uh, you know, Kilani. Kilani switches it around. She, she flips it around. It's a pretty interesting flip. She flips around the front and, uh, or around her back, and uh, she gets it into a, her into a backslide. Let your backbone slide. Wink, 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 wink. That's the first time I've ever seen a hip toss, you know, uh, countered into a backslide. That was pretty cool you know you very few see new things anyways near the end sequence was here day was pretty good a lot of back and forth but uh, a lot of Blair Davenport uh, she was straight up uh, ruling this match and at the end part of the match Blair gets uh, Ke um, Kehlani outside the ring outside the ropes and Kehlani tries to get in there by giving her uh, a shoulder tackle going into the ring but uh, Blair sidestepped it and kicked her right in the belly right in the belly belly blah, blah, blah. She couldn't take it. It was just too much for her. She like, she like sagged on the ropes there for a good couple of seconds. Enough time for Blair to get on the top rope and then jump off with the double stomp. The double stomp. 
onto the back of Kalani. Then, that's not it. There was just the, uh, you know, the warm-up, the warm-up before the big finisher. And it's that uh, she grabs uh, Kalani's hands, and then she follows in with a massive knee to the face. And that was it. And the match was about, uh, like I say, three and a half minutes. It was a fun match. Kalani loses. Blair Davenport wins. But however, after the match, oh my goodness. Um, I guess uh, Dana Brooke tried to show her killer instinct by looking crazy. She takes off her belt and she chases Blair Davenport around. Blair's like, you crazy bitch. She gets out of the rain there and runs away. And then, uh, you know, what's that? Uh, Dana Brooke ends back in the ring there. You know, all crazed out. And then uh, Kilani, she's, you know, she says, hey, hey there, I'm right here. She turns around and her all her hair and all her weaves is going everywhere. Because my hair is just insane. She almost whipped Kilani with that damn belt. Anyways, we move on, and it's with uh, Mackenzie Mitchell with Vaughn Wagner and Robert Stone on uh, about uh, what uh, Vaughn, Braun Breaker said about Vaughn last week. About, you're weak. You're a weak man. It's like, well, apparently he's not affected by Braun's words, and he wants to put him through a table. He wants to put Braun Breaker through a table. Tonight, tonight will be the match. So now next up, we got ourselves a massive... Um, it's a, a Heritage Cup match. Um, now, Heritage Cup matches are six-minute rounds, 20 seconds, uh, um, breaks between rounds. Um, falls count can be anywhere. Um, no, okay, how is this? Uh, there's 20 seconds between each round, three minutes rounds, six rounds, you know, uh, two out of three falls. you got to win. Um, now, you can win falls by pinfall or submission or countout. Um, DQ or knockouts ends the match after six rounds most falls wins so it it makes no sense so if it's tied after uh, six rounds I guess it goes on to more because once it gets to um, two out of three it stops you don't have to go to six rounds um, so anyways and uh the, cha the champion retain. Now, here's the thing. This belt here, this is the counterfeit Heritage Cup championship belt. Champ championship Cup. Because, of course, it's uh, Nathan Fraser. He has the real Heritage Cup. It's uh, Noam Dar. They, they uh, I guess, uh, the metaphor. Because Noam Dar was in a real, he was in a comatose state. Because he was so depressed. You know, uh, separation anxiety to the cup. So they got him a replica cup. And now he's representing it like it's his own. And... Shawn Michaels not once stepped in. Not once did he step in. Not once. You know? So, yeah. It is the metaphor. Noam Dar with the amazing entrance. Looking like very retro. Very retro. Retro. Versus, uh, it is, uh, Tyler Bite. Now, I gotta say, this match was about, uh, almost nine minutes. Almost nine minutes. You know, theoretically, it should be much longer. He said, went six rounds, it'd be much longer than nine, you know? <laughs> so, now, Noam Dar, he's a legitimate badass in that ring. He knows how to twist your body into pretzels. He can break and rip ligaments and whatnot. He's pretty good. He's got some uh, moves where he uh, hooks the leg up into his, uh, you know, in uh, like a trailer hitch style, and he's like bending, bending your leg in all sorts of positions. Yeah. He's a real deal, McDeal. He's a real deal, McBeal. 
That's it. That's what I went for. That's what I was supposed to go for. Anyways, now, in the first round, nothing happened. Second round, however, it was Tyler Bate getting the Tyler Driver, the Tyler Driver 97, on uh, Norm Dar, smashing him down, getting the first, I guess, victory of the uh, match. And then, of course, round three, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Although, there was a moment where uh, Tyler Bate was on the top rope. And then uh, Norm Dar went to try and do something about it. Tyler Bate jumps off the top rope and lands on his feet. But however, he's shown that maybe he injured his knee. Maybe he twisted his knee on his perfect landing. Oh, future excuse. So yeah, and it was actually round four. Norm Dar finishes the match with like 40 seconds left with the, uh, what's that? The champagne knee bar, the super knee bar, the champagne knee bar. That's right. So he gets them with that. Wonderful. One, one each. That's right. Now round five. Round five. Now, what's that? Uh, round five, it's like, uh, what's Tyler Bate? He tries to go for his a massive uh, springboard lariat where he goes with his head, head first and he springboards off his shoulders and he comes around to the thing. Now, what's that? Norm Dar? He was right behind him. And he gets him with the, the knee bar again. Hoo-hoo. You know, tries to put him out there, but it uh, doesn't work there. You know, uh, Tyler Bate gets out there. They tussle some more. And then Tyler Bate does his massive uh, springboard lariat. Knocks down Norm Dar right off his boots. Right out of his boots. Um, now, however, this is how it comes to an end. Um, he goes for a pin, and it's, it's a switch around. They start doing rolling each other up. They start trying to roll each other up. And uh, basically... What's that? Uh, Tyler Bate uh, gets rolled up by Norm Dar, and then Tyler Bate rolls up because it was a, you know, a Tyler Bate ends up rolling up, uh, you know, uh, Norm Dar at the very end. So it was a roll-up victory for uh, Tyler Bate, and taking it, taking it in the rear in this match is of course Norm Dar, and walking away as your new counterfeit Heritage Cup champion, it's Tyler Bate. Now moving backstage, we got ourselves something hilarious. It's Hank Walker and Tank Ledger thinking about uh, new tag names for a team. What's best suited for them both? What can be they both have? And, he th and uh, Tank's like, oh, I got a th great idea. How about we call ourselves Smash Mouth? Oh, I think it's great. I love the sound of that. And then uh, Hank Walker's like, I don't think so. Maybe something that better suits us is, uh, have you ever, maybe we can be called Chamba Wamba. That's even better. Now they didn't say that, but it'd been funny if they did. So anyways, we got ourselves the Skiz. Comes back there and the Skiz wants to, uh, you know, they want uh, the, uh, the Creed Brothers still. And they don't, they don't know where they are. We just think about tag names and they get beaten up. Okay, so next up we go backstage there with uh, Mackenzie Mitchell and Dragonoff. Ilya Dragonoff. Now Dragonoff wants to do all his talking at ring and he wants to call out the culprit, which is Trick Williams, which is going to come up very shortly. So next up, we go backstage in the locker room. We've got Dijak. He's back there. He wants to, uh, he's talking to uh, Carmelo Hayes, and he wants to prove himself. He wants to prove his medal, and he wants to prove it to one person only, and it's to Carmelo, because he wants a piece of him and a piece of that gold, apparently. While he's talking, we got ourselves uh, Wes Lee walking right in front of him, just like uh, last week with Axiom and... Uh, you know, uh, Mustafa Ali and uh, Dominic, just like that, just ignores, <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, 
um, Mustafa ignoring, uh, you know, Axiom. Just like that. So uh, Wesley's uh, treating uh, Dijak like, uh, you know, like he's a nobody. And he wants, he still wants to face face with uh, Carmelo Hayes. But however, Dijak does not like be disrespected because he totally disrespects Dijak there. For, it's insane to disrespect. Wesley did for no reason. I thought Wesley was a good guy. I thought Wesley was a good, genuine guy. But straight like that, it's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. That's not like Wesley. So anyways, maybe because he's not the same. Because he does not have that belt. That uh, North American Championship belt is not his. So he's a little bit frustrated. Who knows? Anyways, uh, Dijak gets in his face, you know. And then Dijak walks away. Uh, Wesley turns around to talk to, uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes again. And just like last week with, uh, you know, Mustafa Ali, you know, Mysterio left off one off camera and he's like, gone. Oh, where did he go? Just like Carmelo Hayes he left camera and he's like, gone. So uh, next you know what, Dijak attacks. His back, the back of Wesley just knocks him down. And then, what's surprising, I couldn't believe it, uh, either someone who looks incredibly like him, but it's uh, Giovanni Vinci was there to make sure that, uh, you know, Wesley was doing okay. If he's not Giovanni, he looked awfully close to Giovanni. So now we go into that ring with Ilya Dragunov. Now he's, uh, gay. he's all mean mad. All mad, mean, mean mad, mean mad, mean mad. And he talks about uh, taking responsibility for his actions. He wants Trick Williams. It's funny because he's still blaming Trick Williams over his losing against uh, Carmelo Hayes. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. Trick Williams didn't attack him. It was ridiculous. So anyways, uh, Trick Williams comes out there and he says, listen, what are you talking about? These talks, but he brings his own words against him. Trick Williams is great. He is great. I, you know, he was a great hype man, but he can be a great solo because his mic skills are very good. He's a very intelligent and he brings up uh, past scripts, past what happened, the history, past history, which is great because now he talks about, you know what, uh, you talk about collateral damage happening while you're in a ring area. Well, it happens. It's collateral damage. So what? You can't be a hypocrite over that. And besides, you know, uh, it wasn't me that hit you on the head with a belt. You rammed your damn head into the belt. You know, it's straight up. So it comes down to this. Trick Williams says uh, he's straight up challenging Ilya Dragunov for a fight at, uh, of course, it's going to be uh, at Heat Wave. You know, and uh, I truly think this is pretty good intense. Dragunov getting all intense in that ring there. He's all intense. Dragunov truly is an intense person. I think, uh, like I always say, Dragunov is a uh, gatekeeper to uh, DNXT or anywhere here he's, he's at. If you can keep up with Dragon, if you can keep up with Ilya Dragunov, you belong in the, the play in uh, where he is at. You belong in the NXT if you can keep up with Ilya Dragunov. If you can beat Ilya Dragunov, my gosh, there's no there's no limit, I think, to where you can go, what you can achieve in wrestling. So that's going to be, I'm looking forward to that. Dragunov obviously wants a break. I want to break you. Break you. So regardless, it's going to be very good, I think. Uh, Dragunov versus uh, Tricky Williams. Trick Williams in two weeks. I'm putting money on Trick Williams for victory because this is what Trick needs. He needs this. Dragunov, he can lose. He can tend to lose again. You know, he's the type of guy who can land on his feet. Besides, Dragunov's a great push guy. Now, moving on, we go backstage. It's with a uh, little bit of Mackenzie Mitchell with Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak uh, about, uh, um, why? 
their future match, they're supposed to have a match with uh, Hank Walker and Tank Ledger. Now they can't compete tonight because they got the beat down by the Skiz. That's right. Um, and however, you're talking about, oh, nobody's tough enough. They're not tough enough. And then we got Damon Kemp up coming up there. Hey guys, hey, look, it's me. It's Damon Kemp. You're looking for a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. Hey, hey. He didn't really say it like that, but he thinks he's a tough guy. And then Brooks Jensen and Joss Briggs, they step up to the plate. Because obviously, uh, Tank Ledger and Hank Walker, they're so damn green. So damn green. They should really be in uh, level up green, you know. Um, yeah, they, 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 they need a couple of years of wrestling to actually... Uh, they're too green. So this would be a better match. You know, uh, the... Uh, what's... Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen versus... What's that? Uh, Charlie Dempsey and uh, Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. Now here we go. We go to with that to... Uh, um, what's that? Uh, Kelly Kincaid with uh, Braun Breaker. You know, uh, you know, and what do you think about... So what do you think about... Uh, What's that, uh, Vaughn Wagner uh, pointing through a table? Like, oh, I don't think much of it. Don't think much of it. Yeah. It's what it is. So now we go backstage with Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, let's see him try. Anyways, it's going to be interesting. Braun Breaker versus uh, Vaughn Wagner tonight. So we go backstage with Rey Mysterio giving some advice to some of the girls back lock in the locker room. You know, because, you know, he's a ladies' man. Rey Mysterio, he likes the ladies. So he's with uh, Roxanne Perez, you know, and they look the same height. Roxanne looks, he's, Roxanne's supposed to be a, a, a tiny, one of the smaller athletes, and they're like uh, eye to eye. It's hilarious. So anyways, giving her some advice, and he sees old uh, Thea Hale, you know, all pouty on the corner there. And he's like, oh, I got to talk to Thea Hale. She's a beautiful lady. She needs some, some, uh, some nice talking to. He didn't say that, but he ended up talking to Thea Hale. It's like, uh, you know what, uh, he says, uh, what's that? Uh, well, he believes in Thea Hale. I believe in you, Thea Hale. You should believe in yourself too. And it was funny too, because Thea Hale says uh, one interesting question. It's like, your son, Dominic, I know you guys are indifferent right now. Something like that. I'm hitting around ballpark. But do you still love your son, Dominic Mysterio? He's thinking, yeah, I do. Uh, he's just, uh, right now we're indifferent. Uh, you know, it's a situation. He's falling with the wrong crowd. But uh, he will always love his son. And then we got Duke, he leaves. He's like, he, he's got some good advice for Thea Hale. Just stick in there. You will be a champion one day. You know, overcoming adversity is something that I had to deal with. And you know what? I think you can deal with it too. So then it's uh, Andre Chase and uh, Duke Hudson goes down there. And Chase's like, hey, can you believe it? Ray, Ray Mysterio's here. And then, uh, who? You know, Thea Hale, she's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, he was here. And unlike you, Ray would not have thrown in the towel. Mm -hmm. It's like, ooh, shnikes. So now, now with that, we go to our match. It's Braun Breaker versus uh, Vaughn Wagner. Braun Breaker versus Vaughn Wagner in the ring there. Now, what got me very strange out was that Booker T, he says this. Well, there's a, there's a whole lot of meat in that, in that squared circle. You know, uh, someone is going to get hurt. And I'm hoping it's you, Vic Joseph. Really? Why would you want Vic Joseph to be hurt? Because he's intelligent? Because he is not afraid to call you on your bullshit? You know? Hey, he's just doing his job. He's entertaining. But 
no way should he, well, regardless, but uh, to uh, wish he was hurt, that's uh, kind of uh, kind of weird. Kind of weird I didn't say that. So now with me saying that, calling out Booker on what he said about uh, Vic Joseph, let's go on with the match. Now, Braun Breaker calls Von Wagner soft. Von Wagner is a big guy, but Braun Breaker is the real deal. He's a real deal, Alan McBeal. Like, he is a tough guy. He is, in my mind, he is the uh, Mike Awesome. He's that damn good. You know, he's no longer a champion, but you know what? He is He is a dominant, dominant performer. Period. Hands down. No questions asked. This match here was about a uh, little over five minutes. You know, almost uh, five and a half minutes. Uh, Braun Breaker took his beatings in the beginning. He got thrown around for a little bit, but we all know Braun Breaker was in charge from this whole match, really. Even took time to take, do some push-ups. Do some push-ups. You know, while uh, Von Wagner's down. Now, Von did, I guess... He did turn things around. They go. They now they've been hitting those ropes and say what uh, Big E would say: slapping meat, slapping meat. And they've been slapping meat this whole time because they'd be hitting ropes, opposite ropes, and they'd be bashing into each other. You know, Von Wagering and clothesline, and you know they're just slapping, just hitting each other, a collision course, so to speak. Now, the last one they had was they go for a double clothesline. It looks like what you see with your own eyes looks like they both get knocked out of their feet no one got the upper hand here but apparently Von Wagner did and he starts uh, going on his little run against uh, Braun Breaker then you have the Intercontinental uh, where they hit the ropes and then next year you know it Braun Breaker with the massive SPEAR on to uh, Von Wagner and wins the match one two three now after the match however it gets interesting, very strange. Now, uh, I guess, uh, Bron uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Stone, he gets up to the ring apron and he gets picked out of the ring. He gets uh, picked into the air by Braun Breaker. He gets gorilla pressed into the air. He's gonna get thrown hardcore, who knows where, but it never happened because uh, Von Wagner gets up, you know, after that massive spear, like nothing happened. And then he pulls off, uh, you know, Robert Stone off his arms and then follows up with a flying, uh, flying knee. One flying knee. And Braun Breaker was out cold, really. It's like, wow, really? Braun Breaker out cold like that? That's ridiculous, after all. You know what? Uh, he took a lot more, he can take a lot more punishment like that in his sleep. Apparently, this put him to sleep. <laughs> and so he rolls out of the ring. And then, uh, it was uh, Von Reiner pulls off, you know, the old power bomb onto the through the commentating table, you know, I guess uh, fulfilling the prophecy of him pulling uh, Braun Breaker through the table. So this is uh, Braun Breaker won the match, but however, with the moral victory, it is, uh, you know, uh, Vaughn Wagner. Robert Stone is so excited, he tears off his shirt saying, I'm big too, I got muscles. It's true, he used to fight in the uh, Impact Wrestling. Used to be impact wrestling. Yo, bro. Or dude, dude. More like dude. Okay. So now with dude to uh, Eddie Thorpe. Now Eddie Thorpe. Now uh, I remember Eddie. Th Eddie Thorpe is uh, what's a uh, Native American. You know, Native American. I think that's the best term I can use. Now he doesn't want to play into stereotypes. That's what he says. He doesn't. Want I don't want to play into stereotypes. Yeah, I might be Native American, but you know, it doesn't matter. I'm Eddie Thorpe. I'm a wrestler. That's what I do. And now. He's falling more and more into the trope. You know, uh, Chief Mayavia, look out, baby. I think he's going to go all out, uh, you know, Indian. 
Yeah, he's probably going to break out the old tomahawk and the old feather cap and whatnot. You know, really, really lean into the uh, his heritage. But I could be wrong. Could be wrong. May not be. Maybe just Tatanka style. Maybe just be the next Tatanka. Moving on. So we go with uh, it's a little backstage heat, I suppose. Uh, you know, a little uh, Lyra Valkyria, a little face to face with uh, Rhea Ripley. Not sure what's got up her crotch. But she's all upset, saying, Yes, Dominic Mysterio, she only wins because you help. I dare you not be out there. It's like, really? Why? Why do you care, really? You know? I mean, she helped you. She helped you find your fire. Now she wants more than the fire. She wants, I guess, the championship belt. But who knows? You know what? Rhea Ripley and Lyra Valkyria, they tore the house down once. You know, Rhea Ripley won. But uh, this was uh, one of... Lyra Valkyrie's greatest matches even before her injury so now moving on we go backstage again with the uh, what's a Tony the Angelo family they're having a photo shoot because they're, they're new they're the new tag team champions and then we got herself the skiz the schism coming back there they want the uh, you know the Creed Brothers you gotta have them and they're like I don't know what Creed Brothers is but we have some news. We, uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. And then uh, they want to attack. But it is the uh, the Daniel family pulls up some of uh, those crowbars from their from their pants. Yeah! So yeah, they got away scotch free this time. No one get no one uh, beat up the uh, the old D'Angelo family. Not Tony D'Angelo or Chang Stanks Lorenzo. See, Alex see trying. See, trying to beat me up. See, I got a crowbar. See. So next match it is a tag team match. It is an interesting one, of course. Uh, it is uh, between uh, what can I say? Uh, um, the what's the country grit? The country grit, country grit, not the country. Country grit, um, team country grit. Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs, with their girl Fallon Henley at their side, and they are fighting Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak, and they've got someone named Miles uh, Bourne. Uh, Miles Bourne by their side. And, uh, of course, Drew Gulak wearing his traditional trunks with the uh, sausage links in the back. The sausage links in the back of his trunks because he loves those sausages. Those sausage. So this match here was about, uh, about almost six minutes. Almost six minutes long. Uh, during the match, beginning of the match, of course, uh, Drew Gulak wanted some water and asked for him some for some uh, Miles Bourne. Miles didn't bring water and he said, You're useless! Get the hell out of here! And he does. So the match goes on. Now here's the thing. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Back and forth. There and then at the end of the sequences was uh, what's that? Uh, Brooks Jensen. Brooks Jensen going for the pin on uh, Charlie Dempsey and is broken up by uh, Drew Gulak. And then uh, they all fight. They all fight. Start fighting outside of the ring. Drew Gulak, you know, uh, with uh, Charlie Dempsey, Josh Briggs, and Brooks Jensen, they fight outside. And next, you know what? Drew Gulak and Josh Briggs, they fight inside the ring. Now, they got nicknames here. Um, Brooks, Floppy Boots Jensen, and uh, Josh, Street Clothes Briggs, because that's what they have. <laughs> floppy Boots and the I'm Not Even Bother Getting Some Ring Gear <laughs> Jensen. <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyways, so uh, the legal people are. Uh, um, Charlie, Dem uh, Charlie, I'd say, uh, Charlie Dempsey and uh, Brooks Jensen. And uh, Josh Briggs and Drew Gulak roll back in the ring there. 
And they're fighting outside with uh, Brooks and Charlie. But ends up, oh, surprising, surprise. Um, Damon Kemp runs in the ring there. And he massively exploder suplexes. While uh, the referee's back is turned, explorer suplexes, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brooks Jensen. Ref's back's turned because he's not bothering looking outside, you know. And then when uh, he rolls uh, Brooks Jensen back in the ring, it is, of course, Charlie Dempsey with the massive uh, dragon suplex. The dragon suplex lands him on his back of his neck, gets one, two, three. It is over. And yeah, yeah. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen are lose because of the help of uh, Mr. Damon Kemp, Mr. Potato himself, uh, helping Charlie Dempsey Drew Gulak with a big victory. I guess this will be uh, very favorable for him joining their team now. Damon Kemp joining another team. You know? So, yeah. So now we go backstage. It is hilarious. It is. I laughed out loud. Dana Brooke is very upset with uh, Kalani Jordan. You know? Because, uh, uh, oh my God, it is, it is hilarious. And she's bringing all her insecurities onto Kilana, Kilani, you know. And uh, basically, it's about this. You don't have the killer instinct. You need the killer instinct. And basically, Dana wants to show Kilani what killer instinct looks like. What killer instinct looks like. Really? Dana Brunk. Dana Brookie. Killer instinct. Saying what, what killer instinct should look like. From her. Against Blair Davenport. Next week. Now, unless, of course, it's going to be a no disqualification match where then she can rely on weapons so then uh, she doesn't have to rely on wrestling abilities. It could, be it could be entertaining. But however, what I see happening is Blair Davenport, she will be setting, setting the example of what Killer Instinct looks like to uh, Kilani. Kilani deserves better, I think. And uh, who knows? Maybe if the cards are played right, if the, you know, Kilani and uh, Blair Davenport to the moon baby so now we move on to uh, the women's division it's Ivy Nile versus Kiana James Kiana James the new uh, the new Kiana James more uh, you know uh, heel like Kiana James more uh, determined Kiana James Ivy Nile of course uh, on her own on her own no diamond mine for her baby but she's using diamond mine music anyway so this match here it was the it was interesting to say the least because it starts off like this. The bell goes, Ivy Nile. Now, Keanu James has her uh, her bag, her, uh, you know, her hand clutch, her handbag, whatever it's called, you know. And the bell hits and she throws that purse at uh, Ivy Nile after the bell, after bell's rung. So right there, disqualification. You cannot use a weapon on somebody. Now, if that bag was uh, put onto the ground, and then you DDT that person onto the bag, fine. Perfectly legal. Perfectly legal. But if you throw it at somebody, that is not legal. That is disqualification right there. So it's ridiculous. Off the bat. And Akiana starts with a, a fast kick to the stomach and gets out the gets out of the gates pretty quickly. But however, you know, they take the fight outside. Kehlani ends up, uh, you know, smashing, uh, you know, Ivy into the post. And then with a suplex outside the ring on a soft, soft, uh, you know, four or five inches of foam, a massive suplex on that foam. Massive move. Now, we got a point here where uh, 
what's that? Ivy Nile gets on the Dragon Suplex, Dragon Sleeper on the um, Kiana. But Kiana breaks out of that move, but inside this match here, it goes on. And uh, now this match was about seven, about seven and a half minutes, roughly seven and a half minutes, maybe under. But we got ourselves the entirety of Schism. Schism and their masked friends, you know. Schism, now I gotta say, right now Schism's reminding me a lot like the Dark Order. That's right. I think uh, Joe is the uh, evil Uno with the group. So yeah, they surround the ring there and they start uh, in unison. They're slapping the ring. Slap, 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 slap. Not really slap, but it's slap and constant slaps, you know. And uh, let's go Creed. Everybody's saying that. It's hilarious. Anyway, so the match goes on. And eventually, Ivy Nile turns things around and starts owning some, uh, you know, Keanu James, but here's one move. Keanu James, now, I think this. I mean, I really hate taking back, pick, taking bumps in general. Now, they have this one move. It's the uh, Thez Press. It's supposed to, no, the Spine Buster you know, from the Thez Press. Spine Buster, where it is Ivy now gently placed down from the Spine Buster. It was weird. But anyways, it was uh, Ivy now. She applies the Dragon, a dragon Sleeper onto Keanu James. She can't get out. Ivy now walks herself towards Avarain. Avarain takes a swipe at her leg. Ivy Nile, like, not having it today. Not today. And she throws down uh, Kiana James and she goes to give uh, Avarain the evil eye. And then she turns around to uh, Kiana James. Kiana grabs her by the arm and uh, arm whips her to the ground face first. And then, now she usually has the, uh, um, you know, the tax, the, I can't remember for finishing new, but she really has this, uh, you know, uh, uh, the sling blade, uh, what that, uh, what's that? Flatliner, it's like a sling blade flatliner, you know, um, the tax credit, whatever it's called. So she usually has that fourth move, but I don't think, uh, you know, what Ivy Nile can take that such an advanced move, the sling blade to a flatliner. So this move turned to a, uh, it's like a modified, what this finishing move was a modified, I, I, they called it the, uh, what's that? Uh, um, the deal breaker, the deal breaker. And it's uh, a modified, um, what's that? The eat the feet, eat the feet, which is eat the knee. She, so she puts, instead of the foot to the face, she puts her knee to her face and she drops down to her back, a back bump. And that was the match. That was the match. And after the match, of course, we got ourselves the skiz, the schism going in there. And uh, I guess they want to know where the Creed brothers are. So then uh, they go on, they interrogate some, uh, interrogate uh, Ivy Nile in the ring there. And then, uh, oh no, not going to hear that because it is the D'Angelo family. Crowbars and all running to the ring to, to uh, Ivy Nile's rescue. Ivy Nile's rescue. So could this be Ivy Nile joining a new team? Is... Diamond Mine really almost officially in a back burner in a in her rearview mirror and her future is being a part of the the Angelo family because of course they're gonna need uh, Ivy Nile into the family if they want to take on the uh, the skiz because of course the skiz got the uh, Ivy Nile or uh, Ava Rain okay moving on we got a little bit of Angel Garza Humberto Carrillo which is a uh, very interesting of course uh, because uh they're having a little bit of disagreement, a little disagreement right now over how they should wrestle. And it comes down to this, their poor grandpa. You know, may he rest in peace, apparently. He would be very embarrassed about their performances. This is embarrassing. The grandpapa would not be pleased. 
So what's going to happen with these two with this duo? They got a lot of talent. I hope they can do something. You know, mix, just put on some kick-ass matches and just dominate. But as of now, what would Grandpapa think? Shame on you kids, you imbeciles, idiots. So now here we go, backstage of the thing. We got a little bit of the uh, the metaphor. Normdar or uh, Menza, Lash Legend, and uh, Jakira Jordan, uh, Jackson. Um, and they're basically with Tyler Bate. And they want uh, Tyler Bate to give back the return, the uh, duplicate cup, you know, that he just won off Normdar. And then we got Nathan Fraser pop in there. You know, he's got two cups. Now they got two cups. Now, I thought this. I thought the event and the inevitability of the, the uh, cups will be Nathan Fraser versus, uh, you know, Tyler Bate for a unification match. You know, and see who's the real champion is. But however, it came down to this. Uh, Nathan Fraser wants Noam Dar to admit that this cup is a fraudulent cup, a fake cup. And uh, to say that in, in order to do that, he said, listen, we'll have, I'll have, you know, Tyler Bate, give back the cup if you admit that it's fake. And then I'll give you a rematch in two weeks at, uh, you know, at uh, Heat Wave, Heat Wave. So, yeah. Tyler Bate does give the cup back, you know, and uh, going to be a big match at Heat Wave. This is pretty good. There was a lot of this huge, uh, you know, uh, the get together. They had great chemistry. Norm Dar is just amazing. This whole thing was just a lot of fun. Lots of fun. Now, who's going to be the uh, Heritage Cup winner after Heat Wave? Maybe Norm Dar because he's that damn good. That damn good, you know. But anything can happen. Nathan Fraser is very good too. Very insanely good. Anyway, so we go backstage again with Mackenzie Mitchell with Tiffany Stratton. And after her big victory over uh, Thea Hale, what is next for Tiffany Stratton? Apparently, Tiffany Stratton wants to do some serious shopping. Lots and lots of shopping. And she's okay. Um, so what about a, a competitor, a challenger? Nope. Nope, because you know what? If Roman Reigns can go like, uh, you know, once every three months with a match, then she can too, apparently. You know, geez, champions, goddamn. So now with that, we go backstage with Trick Williams and uh, talk about uh, interviewer out there, unknown interviewer. So uh, what about, uh, you know, uh, Ilya Dragunov? You know, he's like, I'm just getting warmed up. So then he finds out uh, Wesley rides by there. And he's like, hey, give a message to, uh, you know, uh, Carmelo Hayes. I want to say, like, hey, listen, I'm no messenger boy. You talk to him yourself. I will. And then he turns around and finds that uh, it's Damon Kemp with Charlie Dempsey. And, uh, you know, that's that uh, Drew Gulak in his face there. And it's hilarious in, in Trick's face. And he's like, uh, you know what? There ain't no camp. First of all, he's like, uh, Damon Kemp's like, hey. Uh, looks like you grew a pair when you left uh, Carmelo Hayes. And Trick Williams says, "Like, uh, well, looks like you've ate, you looks like you've eaten a pair of hamburgers." <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Anyways, uh, anyways, Drew Gulak is saying that you know what? Hey, there ain't no camp in the world that can help you. You know, um, there ain't no camp to help you. And uh, you know what? Come down to it, we can't help you either. And then uh, Trick Williams is like, "Guess what? I've uh, I've not even asked for your help. I don't want your help." You know, uh, it's uh, besides, uh, uh, you you guys are a bunch of Oompa Loompas. You know, it was that was hilarious, hilarious. But anyways, it's gonna be a match. It's gonna be a Trick Williams is a warm up match against uh, 
you know, a Drew Gulak next week. So yeah, I believe I call it a warm-up match because I think Drew Gulak will lose. Trick Williams will win to to his big match with Ilya Dragunov. Because Trick Williams, he's got some serious mic skills, and I think uh, I think they're giving him a push, a push. So next up, we go into the ring there with our main event match. It is Rey Mysterio suffering from full whiplash. He should be at home resting, but instead he wants to uh, he wants to see his son fail, and he wants he's calling out. Uh, he's introducing the next. North American champion in his drag only. Drag only. Dragon Lee comes out there and uh, versus the Judgment Day's Dominic Mysterio with uh, Mami herself. So Mami showed up to the ring. So I wonder what's going to go down here. It's like uh, Dominic Mysterio, it's his uh, route. It's just like the tribal chief Roman Reigns. You know, he's going to need some help, but regardless, it doesn't matter how he wins, the paper says he won. The books. So this match here was about 11 and a half minutes. This was a good match, good solid match. This was a very Fun. The wrestling it was great. Dominic Mysterio, he's intelligent. He's got some great heel maneuvers. Um, his wrestling ability is top notch. He's young um, and he's already a champion. So yeah, Dominic Mysterio, he is definitely one hell of a wrestler. Period. And this is the heat he's getting. Yeah, he deserves where he belongs, where he is right now. He's doing some amazing work. This this match here was next level. This was a great match. You know, uh, it was well put together. Including, uh, what's that? They had a moment outside there where Dominic is out there with uh, you know, Rhea and uh, Rey Mysterio get face to face. Now, I thought, I was hoping for it, sir, that this match was like, uh, would be Rey Mysterio turning on uh, Dragon Lee and helping his son win. I was hoping his son was getting real badly hurt. Somehow, Rhea Ripley would be uh, uh, taken out of the match before the match is over. And then uh, Rey Mysterio helping out his son. Oh, that would have been like, oh. Always, you know, when uh, your son, you guys help up your blood. You got to help your blood no matter what, you know, might be. So, didn't happen. The match goes on. Dominic Mysterio, he's got these uh, tassels on his boots. And one of his tassels were coming off. His length of tassels, a string of tassels coming on loose. So, it plucks it off and throws it at his dad's face. It was hilarious. It was smack diggity hilarious. Now, during this match, near the end of the match, we got ourselves a little bit of a, hopefully, a repeat of what happened earlier, except it's uh, Dominic Mysterio working on the strings of uh, Dragon Lee's mask, trying to pull that sucker off. However, they fight on, Dragon Lee's mask stays on. They climb to the top rope there, they try to battle, and Dragon Lee, with his move, it's the, uh, you know, uh, um, Alberto Del Rio, his move, where he does a stomp on the corner, where you're like, you're leaning back, and he stomps you on the chest, but this one here was Probably the one that made sense to most. Most sense of how this happened. Because Dominic Mysterio, he's got a great mind. He's got a great wrestling mind, Dominic. No diggity. Now, there's a few times Dominic Mysterio came close. Came very close to the losing. Dominic kicking out. Kicking out of uh, pinning situations. Now, Dominic Mysterio gets a massive, uh, what, uh, 619. But here we go. Um, the end of the match sequence. Dragon Lee gets a massive powerbomb on Dominic Mysterio. Dominic just kicks out of it. Now, the end sequence was this. It's uh, Rhea Ripley. She grabs both belts. One belt, just like last time. She throws it into the ring. Throws it towards Dominic, rather than the referee this time. Throws it to Dominic Mysterio. Dominic grabs a belt. Rhea Ripley, uh, you know, she's setting up somewhere else. Dominic sets up for a big hit. But then it's uh, Rey Mysterio. He jumps on the ring apron and pulls a belt away from his son. And here's where it gets strange because uh, the referee now 
Rey Mysterio grabs a belt off of Sonnen, jumps off the ring apron outside, out of harm's way, out, you know, he's no threat. Referee decides to, I guess, uh, to talk to uh, Rey Mysterio about something, you know. I'm not sure. Hey, tell me something. How are taquitos made? I love them. Rey's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So while he's doing that, Dragon Lee hits those ropes. He's going to do something off the ropes. But it's Rhea Ripley with her belt smashing uh, Dragon Lee in the back of the head. Dragon Lee gets, ooh, knocked down. You know, unconscious almost. Rey Mis uh, Dominic Mysterio with the massive Michinoku driver. The Michinoku driver. The Michinoku driver? Yes, that's right. And it puts out Dragon Lee. After the match, it's uh, Dominic Mysterio showing off his beautiful gold to his poppy. And then while this is happening, we got an attack, a sneak attack. You know, well, Rhea Ripley getting into the face of Dominic Myst uh, Rey Mysterio. Then the sneak attack happens and it's a Lyra Valkyria. She is all heated. She's all heated over, you know, um, Rhea Ripley. So she attacks Rhea Ripley and then with a massive uh, spin kick to the face. That's right, uh, Judgment Day, Dominic Mysterio, Rhea Ripley escape like thieves in the night. And inside the ring, it's, uh, you know, Dragon Lee and uh, Lyra Valkyria and Dominic and uh, Rey Mysterio in the middle there. It's like, these guys are champions. Anyways. Now, that does it for... Uh, that's, uh, that wraps up for this week's episode of NXT. Um, now, if you are a podcast listener, stay tuned for after this short break, we'll have some SmackDown. However, our uh, YouTubers... This is it for this episode, so stay tuned for another episode. It's probably going to be SmackDown. So I've been your host, Lip Hazelwood. Lip Hazelwood saying, uh, I'll see you next time. It's time to look back at the latest episode of SmackDown, only on uh, Louis Suling. Show, oh, oh, baby. Well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome to The Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Representing the WWE and live from the Scotiabank um, Saddle Dome in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. That's right. The WWE goes to Canada. Now, uh, this episode is air dated August the 11th, 2023, and it is uh, the WrestleMania's aftermath. Still, what's happened after WrestleMania? So this is the first SmackDown after the WrestleMania. Now, here we go. Um, now, before we start the show, just a quick uh, celebratory shout out first. The WWE had a quick graphic near the middle of the show, and they're telling everybody that it's uh, a big happy birthday to Hulk Hogan, who he is uh, turning 70 years old. Old! Now, I thought he was uh, 80, like in his 80s at least. I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay, so happy birthday, Hulk Hogani. And to our very own Hoagie Hogani, it's not your birthday, but hey, you look sort of like Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hey, brother. Hoagie Hogan here. And I'm saying it's my birthday too, brother. 
Okay. That was me. Thanks, Hoagie. See you later. Anyway, so let's move on. Um, so, now, first, before we start the show, now, before I really start the show, just a quick shout-out to the non-competitors. They are the glue that holds the building together. Now, first and foremost, he represents the authority figure, and this today he's flexing muscles. <gasps> it's Adam Pierce. And then now, um, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage interviews, they are the team of Caleb Braxton and um, Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly. And of course, heading towards the ring, uh, getting everybody knowing, letting everybody know who's going to fight and uh, the uh, you know, results of such fights, it's uh, Mike Rome. And most importantly, it's the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. And now, first, it's they changed up, changed things up a bit now. This week, they have a three-man team, a three-man crew. Um, now, first of all, he is a man with the impeccable style and the perfect five o'clock shadow. He is the very reliable Corey Graves. That's right. And next to Corey Graves, he refers to him as uh, KP. But we all know him as a very enthusiastic Kevin Patrick. And finally, the longtime veteran of over uh, 25 years, well over 25 years, and still going strong, and still doing double duty. Not going anywhere, because uh, it's Michael Cole. Michael Cole. You guys say it like that. Cole. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get on with uh, the show. And uh, yeah, it's quite the big show today. Big, big, big. Um, now here we go. Actually, it's just uh, just four matches, four big matches on the show tonight, because they're in Canada. When you're in Canada, they have trouble getting uh, people into Canada. You know, either they got bad passports or they, I don't know. But uh, I find a lot of wrestlers can't really make it into Canada, so it's no surprise there's only that there's only four matches on the card tonight. There's only four. Okay, the first one. It's uh, going to be a sort of like a repeat of uh, SummerSlam, minus one. This is uh, Charlotte Flair versus Auska. Two of the three losers at uh, SummerSlam. Now I say two out of three because uh, all three of them really lost, even though Bianca Belair won. Uh, she became the champion at SummerSlam, but also she lost the championship at SummerSlam too. Because of the uh, of the uh, money in the bank cash in by Io Sky. Now, what about this match? Now, this match here was five and a half minutes. Charlotte Flair. Um, she is an I believe she's a one hell of an athlete, natural athlete, gifted. She's got so she's got a great look, and she's uh, and her gear is always changing up. But it doesn't really matter. But what about this match? What's going on, Oscar and Charlotte? Could there be a winner in this match? I'm thinking I don't know. Who are the, who's going to possibly win this match? I mean, what's going on with this? But this was a pretty good match. Okay, this match was divided in two sections here. The first part, Oscar was taking over. She was beating up some, uh, you know, Charlotte Flair, chucking around. Now Charlotte took some good bumps. She was on the top rope. She gets pulled off. She got a hair, a hair beal, a hair beal. She gets grabbed by the hair and thrown off the top rope. Take out good old uh, front bump off the top rope. Charlotte turns things around. She does turn things around. She gets a nice, uh, you know. Um, she uses ropes as she springs herself over the top rope. She slingshots herself over the top rope and splashes Oscar, throws it inside the ring again, and goes to the top rope with a huge high cross body press. 
from the heavens above, I would say even Montez Ford would approve of this Charlotte Flair high cross body from the top rope. It was really nice. Beautiful. What uh, what we all expect Charlotte Flair is capable of doing. The heights she can go in this match. It's no doubt. No diggity dog. Now, this is what I think. Now, in this match here, uh, Charlotte Flair has got this uh, front cartwheel uh, clothesline. That front cartwheel clothesline. She's got to take that out of her game. It's pretty lame. Pretty lame. She's got to change that. She's got to develop that uh, buckshot lariat. If Charlotte Flair gets the buckshot lariat off, my, my, my. My, my, my. It would be a thing of beauty. I tell you what. I'll tell you what. If anybody can do it, it could be. It would be Charlotte. Anyways, now in a match here, uh, Charlotte's owning Asuka. Hits her with one hell of a spear. One hell of a spear. Charlotte also. I mean, if she uh, does a spear, if she's a new spear person, <laughs> I mean, she does it so good. This could literally be the thing. Your finisher, rather than a figure eight, which is it's it's fancy, but uh, not brutal like the spear. She gets she does a vicious spear. You know, I think she should. I think she should do some variations of the spe anyway of the spear. Okay. Anyways, now, now the match goes on. After the big old spear, after the big old spear, Charlotte goes for the uh, you know the figure eight, and then hit that uh, what's that uh, damage control music, and all three of them come down to the ring. You know. The very, uh, it's one good thing came out of this. We get to see the very sexy, the sexiest woman of, of SmackDown, Bailey, shows up in the leader of the uh, damage control with your champion, the SmackDown champion, Io Sky and Dakota Kai, meekly walking behind them. That's right. She, I don't know even why she was there. I don't even know why she was there. So, inside the match here, it's Bailey and Io Sky. They, they take a victory lap around the ring there. You know, Bailey ends up climbing onto the ropes there, into the ring, onto the ring apron, you know, outside the ring, but on the ring, you know, on. And uh, the, the fights, uh, they're scuffling inside the ring. It doesn't really matter what's going on. Between what's going on with uh, Charlotte and, uh, you know, Asuka, it doesn't matter anymore. They're just scuffling back and forth. It's just, uh, you know, time filler for what's actually happening around them. So Bailey hops on the ring apron there and she's, uh, and referee's really doing not much, not much there. You know, Charlotte then tries to swing at Bailey, who was just standing there minding her own business. You know, even though she was on the ring apron, uh, they fight on until, of course, uh, it's Eos guy who decides to jump in and do a double drop kick on Oscar and Charlotte, putting an end to the match. So yeah, no one won the match. I think they're just going to have another triple threat, another triple threat later on. It's going to be uh, Charlotte, obviously. Oscar, obviously, and uh, Eo Sky, put that belt. So yeah, that's a triple threat. But after the big drop kick, it's uh, the most sexiest person in SmackDown, Bailey, and Eo Sky, uh, with a beatdown of Charlotte and uh, Oscar, and nowhere involved in this whole thing. Helping out is uh, Dakota Kai. Nah, no get Dakota Kai anywhere, see? Don't know why I did that accent. But yeah, so that's it for that. I couldn't believe it. So triple threat match coming up, maybe, maybe. But as of now, we go to uh, Caleb Braxton with a post-match interview, or pre-match interview, not after the match, before the match, pre-match interview with uh, Santos Escobar. 
Now, he's got this match coming up. with uh, It's a title match, a United States Championship match against probably one of the greatest athletes right now. Future Hall of Famer for sure. Great Mike skills. Um, it's Austin Theory. Austin Theory. So, yep, he wants a piece of Austin Theory. He's looking forward to it. He's going to give Austin Theory all he's got. But what if he has got nothing to give? And this answers this question is answered right to sweet, where uh, Austin Theory attacks Santos Escobar, picks him up and uh, gives him the old uh, sidewalk slam style onto uh, like onto the crates, moving crates. And he's laying there, and his leg is draped it, like one of the moving crates. One of the lids were open. His legs, his leg draped inside one, and then, well, Austin Theory had no choice but to slam the crate door on top of Santos Escobar's leg. So we're finding a backstage there that Santos Escobar is with the, a trainer. He's got ice on it. It's like, oh, oh, your fight's coming up soon. Can you do it? And lo and behold, look who's there looking after his own investments. Own investment. This is a Rey Mysterio. You know? Because it's really all about him. All about Rey Mysterio. You know, I think. You know? Um, so it's really... No, this is what I truly think. Now, when... Santo, I believe it was last week. Santos Escobar was fighting for uh, fight, fighting Rey Mysterio last week. Rey Mysterio, who is supposed to, I believe Rey Mysterio was supposed to win that fight last week to move on to fight Austin Theory. But however, during that match there, it was uh, Rey Mysterio. He takes a whiplash on the ground there, and he was questionable. And Santos Escobar won the match, therefore giving him the privilege of fighting, um, you know, Austin Theory for his title. And he, they, you know. So today's the day where it's like, I guess, uh, Rey Mysterio, he's okay. And I guess he just wants his title uh, title uh, opportunity. And this is uh, Santos basically, wrestler's wave saying, you can take it. We'll write it into the script. It's like, well, that's what I think, you know. So here we go. Our next match. Um, it, it gets disappointing. It gets disappointing. Uh, now, this one here is representing the OC. It's AJ Styles uh, versus Karrion Cross. No, they've, this is not the first time they've done battle. Not the first time they've done battle, and Karrion Cross is always... I don't know sure what's going on with Karrion Cross. He's got a good look, but uh, he's got some good mic skills, but his in-ring abilities is questionable at best. Questionable at best. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I think... Uh, um, Karrion Cross and uh, Bray Wyatt in some universe get together and do something together. Is I think they'd be a perfect team. You know, they're all, all show. I think. So why I say this now? AJ Styles with Meechin. Karrion Cross was with uh, Scarlet, and the match was about. Uh, this was uh, pretty long. I gotta say, this was about eleven minutes. This was a barn burner, but this was. Weird, at to say the least. You know, went on and uh, we got a moment where, obviously, I don't know why I say obviously, uh, they fight outside. Karen Cross gets uh, AJ Styles on his shoulders through a uh, fireman's carry and then gives him the Death Valley driver onto the common table. You know, squashing through the table. Now, I would say it regularly, but this never happens in WWE. I don't know why. But if you're outside, that is where nothing happens. You know, no wrestling happens outside the ring. Now, if you're inside the ring and you get thrown into the uh, steel, uh, into the ring post, when you're inside the ring, you're thrown into the ring post, that is what it is. But if you're outside the ring, it shouldn't should be uh, disqualifying. But they aren't. But they ain't. They ain't. 
because I guess uh, get thrown, getting thrown headfirst into a ring post doesn't really hurt after all. Getting thrown headfirst into the steel steps, I guess it really doesn't hurt after all because usually that doesn't finish a match. Usually it doesn't. Anyways, that's enough with me complaining. Now we go into the match here. This uh, barn burning match. What happens? Uh, AJ Styles, he gets, uh, what? it's the uh, cross jacket. Karen Cross with a rear naked choke on AJ Styles. He tries a couple of times breaking out of it. Karen Cross holds on to dear life. But here we go. It gets weird because eventually AJ Styles does break out of it by uh, he walks to the corner. He uh, he steps up to the ropes. And he tries to do a flip around. Tries to do a flip around. And I think this is what was supposed to. This is what was supposed to happen. AJ Styles was supposed to flip around and finish with an inverted DDT. An inverted DDT. DDT to an inverted uh, carrying cross, you know, laying backwards. But however, carrying cross, I, something was wrong. Carrying cross was just, I don't know. Carrying cross seems so, whew, he fell backwards. He fell backwards, didn't work very well. Uh, AJ Styles tried to fix fix the move. He picks up carrying cross um, for it looks like a Michinoku driver. A Michinoku driver. Carrying cross, I'm not sure what's going on. He dead weights AJ because I'm not sure he knows what's going on where he's at, you know. Karrion Cross, he seems kind of out of it. Kind of out of it. So AJ Styles goes for a, looks like a, uh, you know, Michinoku driver. Karrion Cross kind of falls down. AJ, then he falls down backwards. And then AJ Styles does that, uh, a, a variation of an inverted DDT. It was very messy. I'm like, wow, what is that all about? What was that all about? That must have been either on the fly because the mistakes were made. But I don't know. It was... It was uh, crazy. Not really crazy. So Karen Cross is down on the mat there. AJ Styles, you know, this is not just on the mat there, but he is very close to the ropes. AJ Styles uh, does, does a, uh, a springboard uh, 450 splash. And then Scarlet quickly grabs uh, Karen Cross's foot, drapes it on the top rope. Referee stops to count. Now, this is where it gets funny because, uh, you know, uh, Michin. Mi chin, mi chin is on fire. It isn't. But uh, she goes up. She tries to put an end to Scarlet. She runs up with a boot and she boots just like Otis would do. Missing completely with a charge. She boots the old uh, ring post. Oh! And then, you know, Scarlet punches her in the face. Just like that. Like uncorking, a, you know, a champagne bottle. And then mi chin goes down. Now, during the match goes on, the match goes on. Now, this is where it gets hilarious now, uh, Scarlet. Now, boots in wrestling, now, a lot of times they wear lifts and uh, these crazy heels and uh, just to make them look taller. I mean, uh, a lot of people do it. But, Mike, this is taking crazy uh, heels to the next level. Scarlet, with, I swear, these were one foot, a foot off the ground. She was an extra foot tall, 12 inches off the ground. These heels were insane. He, she was so... On her tiptoes. These were just weird modified shoes that just all it was meant to do is make her look one foot taller, making her feet look like normal. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was weird. So here we go. This is where it gets strange because uh, she gets up top of the uh, apron there to uh, distract some uh, AJ Styles who's going to do the old, uh, you know, Styles Clash on Karen Car on Cross. And you can see, like, oh my goodness, look at those ridiculous boots. And then it's, uh, you know, Mi Chin. 
she pulls, uh, I guess, Scarlet off the top, and she can't take a, she's not going to take a bump with those shoes on, are you kidding me? She can free sprain her damn ankle. She can break her damn leg. So ridiculous. I gotta say, this is nonsense, what she's wearing. At least wear like what uh, Zelina Vega wears when she wants to look taller. You know, just these really crazy tall sneakers. So, Michin pulls her off. She gets off the ring apron there, and uh, she gets thrown over top of the commentating table. Humo! That's right. While in the ring, Karen Cross and AJ Styles, they start battling it out some more. So they're scuffling in the ring. AJ Styles gets Karen uh, Cross into the uh, Pele kick, kicks him right in the head. And then, one uh, Styles clash later, it's over! Over! 11 minutes. It happened. Um, it seems like this whole uh, um, Alberta thing, it's all like, it's all like uh, you know, throwaway matches. Yeah, well, it's in Canada. No one's here. Whatever. Canadians love us no matter what. We're barely here. They respect us just for being here. This match was like that throwaway match. So we go backstage. It's with uh, Caleb Braxton. Uh, with, uh, what's that? Uh, gosh, she's Kathy Kelly. With an update with Santos Escobar. And then we have ourselves uh, Austin Theory. He wants to know if he's okay. How is uh, how's Buddy doing? And then it's uh, Rey Mysterio. He's all upset to get some face and whatnot. Okay, so next. We go into the ring with a little bit of the edge. With an in-ring promo there. And uh, he's here only for one thing. He's in um, uh, Calgary, Alberta for one thing only. And it's to set a match up for Toronto next week. That's right. And he wants, of course... Seamus of the Brawling Brutes. Now, of course, he, he uh, I guess, uh, he's got a lot of respect for Seamus. He uh, gives Seamus kudos for, in fact, bringing him back, giving him the inspiration to come back to wrestling in the first place. So, yeah, so he has a lot to do. Uh, Seamus got his workout videos, and uh, him and Shamey Shame did a lot together, worked out, and they were, like, not just, uh, you know, not just co-workers, but they were friends. And not just friends, they were even family. So they were super, super duper close. Now, they fought each other a lot and got Edge ready. And they had this huge thing where he fell off his bicycle while they were on the, uh, you know, some workouts, the Seamus' workouts. And then Edge decided, oh, I haven't got an epiphany. Epiphany, epiphany. Not really a Tiffany epiphany, but an epiphany nevertheless. And he thinks, you know what? I think I can do it. So when he challenges, he challenged. It's Seamus. So the Brawling Brutes come in there. Rich and Butch come out there just to flank Shamey Shame. And Seamus, of course, he's got his own story with the Edge. Starting out, starting out in the business. I've never had anybody. They all give me the cold shoulder. Okay, he sounded nothing like that. But the only person that gave, uh, you know, Seamus uh, acknowledgement, who only, the only person who acknowledged Seamus and gave him words of advice that stuck him with the day. That the only reason why is here today is because of Edge. So yeah, he accepts the match, and he says, "I hope you're making the right move," or something like that. Hope not making a mistake. Hope you're not making a mistake. So next week, Sheamus versus Edge. I'm sure that's going to be match of the night. I'm sure of it. So next up, we got ourselves a match. 
This was well under a commercial break. This was representing the hit row, Skid Row. It's the top dollar, the flop father, Uncle Phil versus uh, L.A. Knight. Now, alongside with uh, Top Dollar is the Ashante, the Adonis, and B-Fab. B-Fab, this match was about two minutes in length. Two minutes in length. I was hoping L.A. Knight would uh, start uh, running his lips against, uh, you know, Top Dollar and, uh, you know, what's that, uh, hit row? He didn't. Now, here's where it gets hilarious. Kevin Patrick calls L.A. Knight uh, uh, lacocious. I believe it's uh, Lacocious. I think, wow, Lacocious, that's interesting. Uh, I wonder what that could mean. It just means talkative. I mean, Alienate's not just talkative. He tell me he's not really talkative. He can speak. He's got great mic skills. But I'd say he's more uh, enthusiastic. He's got, uh, you know, charisma. He's charismatic. You know, he's intelligent. And he's, uh, he's confident. And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he's talkative. He's, eh, that's the best I can do. I don't know. I put a fancy word for talkative, so that's my two cents. And, okay. Now, how about this match? How about this match? Now, before, the, after right as match starts, it's B-Fab. She jumps on the apron there to get uh, LA Knight's attention. Hey, over here. That didn't work. You know. And then, of course, here's where it gets weird. Like, a couple seconds in the match. Um, they hit the ropes here. You know, at least uh, Top Dollar throws uh, LA Knight to the ropes. And then that's when Ashante Diodonis, he tries to pick the leg. He actually grabs the leg of uh, LA Knight. Referee sees in full sight of the Knight ref. And she not once said, hey, not only did she not, uh, you know, disqualify him, disqualify end the match there. It's like, hey, that's a disqualification. Hands are off. That's, a, that's the harshest thing you can do. Next thing you can do is say, say hey, um, you get out of here to uh, Ashante the Adonis, but no, not even did she don't do that. She did nothing. So yeah, match goes on. So it's going to be uh, three on one against uh, LA Knight, but doesn't matter. It's just two minutes of my two minutes of wrestling. You know, uh, Ashante, or actually, uh, Top Doll, after getting, uh, you know, going on top of things for a little bit, crushing uh, LA Knight's uh, throat to the ropes. He backs up. The referee's like, hey, come on, what are you doing there? She, she tosses to give him a scalding. And then that's when B-Fab she jumps in and uh, drapes L.A. Knight's neck across the rope. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the stomping of the throat again. The referee pulls uh, Top Dollar away from L.A. Knight. And that's when Ashante the Adonis comes in with a sucker punch to the side of the face of L.A. Knight. The match goes on. Top Dollar gets, uh, Ashanti, uh, Top Dollar gets uh, you know, L.A. Knight on his shoulders for a fireman's carry to do some sort of move. Not sure. It's ready for a fireman's carry, at least. But he lifts him up. You know, uh, maybe uh, it's supposed to be some sort of Death Valley driver. But LA Knight pops up onto his feet. Goes on the ropes. Gives him a massive bulldog off the second rope, you know. Ashante the Adonis tries to help out. He gets a punch to his face. For his, hey, thank you very much, Ashante. Punch. And then, match goes on. And with the probably the nicest elbow in wrestling, the standing elbow by L.A. Knight, crushing him. Of course, the more devastating standing elbow of his Bronson Reed. And a third and far for a third is uh, Eddie Thorpe, somewhere back there. Anyways, L.A. Knight sets him up for a massive blunt force trauma, ending the match. Ending the match. Now we go backstage again. 
is with, uh, you know, Santos Escobar. Um, with Rey Mysterio and Adam Pierce, And Adam Pierce saying like, hey, yeah, that was nothing. You've been cleared to wrestle. If you want to wrestle, you can wrestle for this thing here. And, uh, you know, you can tell uh, Rey Mysterio is like, remember, remember what we said. It's my turn, not yours. You're like my son. I don't care about him not much. As long as I get what I want. He didn't say any of that because I didn't hear any of it, but I can only assume that's what happened. So he's like, give me my chance. So anyways, uh, it's playing out like, uh, looks like Santos Escobar is saying he really wants that belt for himself. So he's like, I'm ready to go, Captain. He didn't say that either, but he's ready to rock and roll. So and then we got ourselves, after that, we cut through backstage a little montage. Not really a montage, but a little backstage meeting with, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Lashley. And uh, with the, you know, uh, the Street Profits, Angel Dawkins and Montez Ford. Apparently, this is Hurt Business 2.0. Hurt Business 2.0. I think of the fact is this. Um... You know, uh, uh, Cedric Alexander and, uh, um, you know, uh, with Shelton Benjamin, their coattails weren't strong enough to hold the pull. Bobby Lashley along. You know, so he needs uh, another team to help him. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why they gave up. On, regardless, this is Hurt Business 2.0 and they're in business. Bobby Lashley. And... The private, uh, not private party, <laughs> I guess they're a private, <laughs> I guess they can call it that. Uh, um, Bobby Lashley's private party. <laughs> That's Hurt Business 2.0. That's the Street Profits, uh, Andrew Dawkins and Montez Ford. P, P, 2.0. Okay, uh, moving on. We go into the ring there for our match. Santos Espoir is called out to the ring, but then it's, uh, you know, Austin Theory. He runs from behind and clips the old leg. Goes to the ring there and says, Oh, I like to apologize for all you Canucks out there. That uh, there won't be a match tonight for my opponent. He's too weak! So, anyways, uh, he goes to the ring. And it's, uh, why? The whole team. The Luftwaffe is out there. You know, except for uh, Zelina Vega. I don't know where she's at. I, I get uh, fitted for different weaves, your hair extensions and whatnot. It's true. She has got a lot of hair extensions and weaves. That's Selena Vega. Mm -hmm. That's half her weight. Half of her weight is her hair. Anyways, they're out there. It's, uh, you know, uh, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wild, and, you know, uh, it's all about me, Rey Mysterio. And Adam Pierce is out there, and they're, I guess they make up a thing there. It's like, hey! Adam Pierce, it's Rey Mysterio. I deserve this more than Santos Espar will ever. I created the NWO. The LWO. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't say any of that. If he did, I, you wouldn't have heard him. So anyways, Adam Pierce, he decides to make this match official. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory for the, uh, what's that, uh, United States Championship belt which it should have taken place anyways because of uh you know Rey Mysterio getting whiplash and not be able to continue with the match with uh, Santos Escobar who I think if it would have finished it would have been Santos Escobar would have been losing to uh Rey Mysterio but anyways this is how it goes before the match even starts Rey Mysterio attacks 
That's right. He attacks uh, uh, Austin Theory. Now, this match was about, uh, from the early start, it's about six and a half minutes long, this whole thing. So it was pretty short, pretty short. You know, uh, it was, uh, it was, I thought it was disappointing. I'm pretty sure there's another objective and whole thing going on here. Like, uh, perhaps there's going to be a new feud with, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio and his son. Is his son, uh, Dominic Mysterio, is the North American champion. So who knows? Uh, maybe there's something going to happen there. They, they decide this is uh, going to be a better way to go. A better way to go. A better angle. So, yeah. So the match goes on. You know, uh, the, they fight outside for a little bit before the match. Um, Rey Mysterio, he jumps. He goes for a massive scissors. He tries to scissors. He scissors uh, Austin Theory's face right like that. And then, uh, you know, the old uh, Hurricanrana. The head scissors do the uh, face scissors to the Hurricanrana. It's true. All that happened. Now, here we go. That match was pretty much one-sided. Pretty much one-sided. All Rey Mysterio. Now, we'll go right to the end here. Because it wasn't very fat. It wasn't very long. Rey Mysterio goes for a massive 619 onto the back, the spine of uh, Austin Theory. And Austin Theory, he's thick muscle. This guy is a, this guy is a workout king. In real life, that wouldn't, wouldn't even phase him, not one second. That little kick with a little man like that, kicking uh, Austin Theory. In real life, no way, nothing. But apparently, this knocked a couple of discs out of alignment. So bad, so bad, so terrible. And then he tries to do it again. Austin goes to the other side of the ropes. He goes for a 619. Austin catches him. Oh, in 619, mid 619, because he's facing this time. And, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio is so tiny. And he picks him up over to his shoulders for a, you know, a town down. The, uh, you know, the knock up low. But, however, he gets Rey Mysterio, just tiny Rey Mysterio on the shoulders. And his back can't take it. Oh, go slip discs. And then Rey Mysterio ends up drop kicking face first into the ropes, six one nining him in the face. And then with the slingshot splash, one two three. That's right, that's right. This match was uh, it happened. I was depressed. I know. Yeah, I drank a cup of my own tears when I saw that. It was depressing. And what made it worse, that was the match of the night. I mean, not match night. That was the main event match. So the rest of this, uh, there's going to be like uh, 20 minutes of, uh, you know, bloodline. So yeah, after that big thing, Rey Mysterio wins the championship belt. And out there celebrating with him is uh, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wilde, and, you know, Santos Escobar. Just so proud that, hey, I'm glad you're somebody's champion. <laughs> It should have been me, Ooh, but it's you. I don't know, but something happened there. Uh, but looks like LWO has got their first championship belt as a team in main roster. Moving on, and we go for ourselves a little bit of the uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Paul Heyman, Solo Zakoa, and they're out there, and uh, of course they take their god awful time because what else is there to do? You know, I think pretty much everybody's getting close to over this whole uh, bloodline story so Roman Reigns uh, no Roman Reigns proved once and for good that uh, you know he can't defend a title cleanly on his own he clearly clear, he clearly needs help 
defending that title. Um, Roman Reigns, is he, uh, it seems like he's pretty rubbish champion to me. I mean, he can't do it on his own. He proved that he cannot do it on his own because at SummerSlam, not only did Sol Sokoa try to help, but Jimmy Uso also helped out a big time to help Roman Reigns win the whole match. Now, first thing Roman Reigns did was say, Where's uh, Jimmy Uso? Where is Jimmy? Paul Heyman, wise man, where is Jimmy? Where's Jimmy? Paul Heyman said, uh, Yeah, we talked earlier. It got salty. He was salty with me. He's a little bit salty. Little saltine crackers are delicious when, with some, uh, you know, cheese whiz. God personality. Anyways, uh, so it's, uh, it's at uh, Jimmy Uso. He finds his way into the ring there. And he says, uh, I didn't do it for you. And well, Roman Reigns is like saying that, hey, listen, I owe you one big. What do you want? You want new cars? You want a boat? You want to forget a boat? You want a yacht? What do you want? And Jay Uso was like, uh, I don't want nothing from you. I don't want nothing from you. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So I don't know what's going on. Jimmy Uso. It's, it's, yeah. It's getting, uh, it's getting strange. Getting strange. And then with that, we got ourselves, Jay Uso comes to the ring there. He's all mad. He's like, you know what? He came this close. And my fingers are an inch apart. Inch apart saying that close for becoming the new, not just tribal chief, but world champion. Or the other way around. World champion and tribal chief. But it was Jimmy Uso coming in and saving the day. And it came down to this. This excuse. His excuse was he done it out of love. Out of love. Because if you become too important, you forget your brother. If you become tribal chief, you forget that I exist. So he kicked him in the face because he loves him. You can't be tribal chief. Your weak brain can't handle being tribal chief. You become corrupt. You become an egotistical, lying, manipulative asshole just like Roman Reigns. That's right. So, yeah. So, what happens? What happens? Is there a forgiveness? Is there a forgiveness in the cards? Why no? Jey Uso could only do one thing, but... Oh, all our lives! 34 years, or 37 years, something like that. Uh, we're almost 40 now. 37 years, something like that. Let me write that down. And then she, uh, he turns his back on his brother. Come on! And Jimmy feels uh, all like, oh, I made a bad choice, made a bad choice. And he's feeling all sorry for him and leaves the ring, you know, all wallowing in his own self-pity, slowly walking away like a sloth. Meanwhile, in the ring there, it's, uh, oh, Roman Reigns trying to say what's facts. Hey, hey, I hate to say I told you so, you know, your hot-headedness. Hey, I told you so. So and, uh, Jey, Jey Uso had only one option. Super kick Roman Reigns in the face. Solo Sokoa tries to attack, but Jimmy Uso, there's nothing stopping Jey Uso. You know? So Jay kicks uh, Roman in the face and uh, ends up beating down uh, Solo Sokoa with also a massive super kick to the face. As, however, in this thing here, uh, Roman Reigns uh, gets the Superman punch on Jimmy Uso. He sets up for the big old spear. 
and you see a two shot of uh, Roman Reigns getting ready for a spear and uh, Jay Uso, or should I say Jimmy Uso, wallowing in his pity, walking backstage still. And you're thinking, what's going to happen? Will he turn around? Will he save his brother? Will he save face with his brother in his relationship? No, he doesn't. He's still, he just slowly walks away like a, you know, like a sad guy. So Roman Reigns goes for a spear, but however, he's met with the boot to the face. Another super kick to the face, and then with a spear of his own, Jey Uso spears the holy hell out of uh, Roman Reigns. Now, after that big spear, he's overtaken by both Soul Score. Soul Score just took one uh, kick to the face, and that was it. He got knocked out. Knocked out. Soul Score, one kick. But anyways, this is telling a story now. Now Roman Reigns and Soul Score are out of the way. Let's, we can finish up what uh, the Jey Uso story. So Jey Uso gets out of the ring there and uh, he calls back his brother, Jimmy Uso. Jimmy! Jimmy! And Jimmy comes out there, comes back. And then uh, he's like, brother, oh, I'm gonna hug you. I'm gonna... And then whammo! Super kick to the face. Knocking out Jimmy Uso. And then with that said, uh, it was uh, Jey Uso saying, I'm out! That's right. I'm out of uh, the bloodline. I'm out of SmackDown. I'm out of the WWE. So yeah, that put a hard stop on the bloodline. What's going on? I'm pretty sure uh, Solo, as long as there's Solo, Roman, and uh, Paul Heyman, there's going to be bloodline. What's going to happen with the Jimmy? Do so. No. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps there's still an opportunity for him being the right-hand man of uh, Roman Reigns. After all, the Usos, I guess, are now officially Dunzo. Dunzo. And, uh, yeah, out walks Jay Uso as a fan outside as he uh, walked through the crowd and out the front door and not through the, uh, you know, locker room area. Mm-hmm. Yep, anyways... Yeah, that does wrap it up with this entire episode of SmackDown and uh, includes um, the wrestling show. It concludes the wrestling show. Now, if you've stuck around, now if you're a podcast listener and stuck around for the whole show, this was a long one today, um, I'll let you know that, uh, uh, like you, yeah, I would like to let you know that uh, I hold a very special place in my heart just for you and uh, for everybody, including YouTube. This does wrap it up, and I'll see you on another show. I've been your most fickle host, Lip Hazelwood, saying, see you next time. Lewis Ling Show, oh, oh, baby.